0: and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and tonight I am back talking with Scott Shooty. What's up, dude? F&A yeet, man. <laughs> yeet, yeet, woot, woot. Yeet. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you guys all learned something new. Well, except for Jake. He was in the know, right? I've never heard of that. It's a thing. <laughs> It's a real fucking thing, man. Yeet. (laughs) For those of you not in the know, go check out the most recent episode of Pop Culture Leftovers where Shooty uh, was guested on. (laughs) As per usual, fantastically entertaining episode. And
1: I love that you guys learned about Yeet. Yeet. It is an exclamation of joy accompanied with an arm movement or dance. Yes. That's, That's Yeet. <laughs> See if
0: it weren't for Luda, I wouldn't even know what it was. <laughs> I just it was looked like, it up. It was like part of his one of
1: his songs. It is, is going to be my new thing. I've got a whole lot of new things. Yeet is at the top of my list. So the next time we get together in the yard, it's going to be yeet, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely need to bring that into your general like nomenclature, right? <laughs> I don't know. So it doesn't work in my office, right? Hey, man, yeet. <laughs> what? What was that? Are you okay? Are you sick? What was, what, what kind of language is that? Are you feeling... You know, No, all right. I, I could try it. I mean, what the heck? <laughs> well, it is an exclamation of joy,
0: so I suppose if you're just using accordingly, this should work out.
1: It. One would think, although there are a few moments where um I can yeet at work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> all right, we got this project in.
0: Yeet! <laughs> yeet yeet it calls for a double
1: for Are sure we fucking talking about yeet <coughs> what's wrong with us a lot <laughs> going on what's wrong with us.
0: yeah i, I just want to see somebody who's really down with that lifestyle like create like um oh you know when you go buy the bag of flour and it's the quaker mm-hmm. guy <laughs> yeet yeet wheat Yeah, no, I'm not picking that yeah, up. Okay. Uh, no, no, right I'm there, you not, just not illustrated. All. You just illustrated for me the need for me to have a soundboard
1: because that would have been a great place for crickets. It would have been. It was Well, The you know, ben, um, ben Thomas needs to get me a new fucking soundboard, that's for sure. <laughs> I got the, you know, they're so hard. Okay, so either you. God dang it. You get the one from the Microsoft Office Store, which I got, right? And I put a bunch of sounds on it, which is great. And the fucking thing crashes. So, I, you know, we're doing our show, and I've actually got to the point where I can't have anything else running but Zoom, what we record on, Um you know, the, we have a Word document, so everybody, if you're ever on uh, my stupid-ass show, uh, Tales from the Yard, on the Leftover Army Podcast Network, uh, you, you'll you get a show flow. You've seen that, Joe. Yeah. Like, everybody kind of knows where we're going, which actually keeps us on track, unlike other shows. So th- that's good. But I have that, <laughs> and I got that, and then I've got um, maybe an, an Adobe PDF, because now I have PDFs, websites, because Chrome takes up so much fucking memory i mean there's so many things running in the background with chrome i'm like maybe i should ie that didn't help it and then uh the stupid soundboard and it crashes like every five cents and i went i got rid of drops that i don't i don't use anymore got rid of those and it still fucking crashes i i don't get it you if we created our own joe then we'd be okay i think or it's time to get a new computer and i'm just not what a pain in the ass that is right Oh, yeah. Computer? Fuck. I mean, this one's like four years old, three, four years old. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's going to do a good job. Uh, if I want to go get a new one, that'd be great, right? Um, it's going to cost me $1,000 and then weeks of my life that I'll never fucking get back transferring <laughs> all this shit that's on my fucking computer, on my new fucking computer. No, not going to do it. No,
0: I feel you, and and man, getting one of those, like you said, a thousand dollars, and when, when thousand bucks, oh god, that just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I, I wish I like were for- baller enough to where it'd be like a thousand bucks, whatever.
1: But well, hold on a second, though. Think about this: it's a thousand bucks is about the going rate for anything nice that you want to get. Just, I mean, forget about cars because you're not going to get a nice car for a thousand bucks. But you want to get a new TV, Joe? How much?
0: yeah i mean i suppose if you really want to splurge i i think i got a pretty decent one but it's definitely less than a
1: thousand bucks really yeah oh, like, can i tell you my tv story i don't think i had this in the yard this is a great story <laughs> Yeah. But it's all okay so um rate, anyway, i still think that most items like you want a couch how much joe oh yeah yeah for sure
0: a couch a is gonna bucks? set you over a thousand a bed
1: a thousand it, bucks well and a couch okay. is
0: one of those things if you buy a bargain couch your ass is gonna fucking hate you Oh, yeah. And then your mind is going to catch up. And then, yeah, well, welcome to uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> right. Well, we um, we have to have leather because the missus has four pooches and they'll pee. There there it is. They, they just – they leak. Pooches leak, by the way. One is enough, but four is insane. Um, <laughs> no,
0: we, le- we had a shih tzu and she would do that. To where it got to the point where it was
1: like, like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're not allowed on the couch anymore. We... Did, do you have um, – we found something. This is a, this is a pro tip for uh, Shih Tzu uh, people uh, and or older dog people. Ever heard of a belly belt, Joe? No. Oh, the greatest thing ever. So one of our dogs, Cuddles, all right? Cuddles is a dick. By the way, all right, <laughs> he's a dick because he's a male dog. Male dogs mark their territory. <laughs> I immediately love mark. that a dog named Cuddles is best Cuddles. described as a dick. <laughs> he's a dick, he is. He just look at you all happy and all that kind of stuff. You turn your back, he will go piss on whatever just to show you up and then <clears> smile at you. <clears throat> fucking dick. So, Cuddles, that dick, he uh, he was marking all over the house. Like, I get up in the morning and we just got a brand new um. Oh, uh, waterproof vinyl floor? Just put it on. T- we had tile in the house that was like 1952 circle, not white anymore tile. It was just disgusting. And I'm not a big fan of tile, so we found waterproof vinyl, which is great. And so far, so good. Knock on wood, it's ha- holding up. You put new floors in the house so you get a dog like Cuddles, you got Puddles. Oh, by the way, the, her kids wanted to name him Puddles. Shoulda, because we <laughs> it's is just everywhere, right? everywhere. I'm like, fuck this. I got to do something about it. You know, we let the dog out. They still mark. So a belly belt is kind of like a dog for uh, a dog diaper for uh, male dogs. Um, They make them for female dogs, too. But the belly belt goes around their belly and it has a little pad that covers up their uh, Johnson. So if they do piss, they're pissing on themselves. And it only takes once, like you put it on them with Velcro, goes around them, right? And uh, they're made of fabric so you can wash them, right? So you can wash them just like a regular, you know, underwear or whatever. And, uh, you know, if they lift their leg, they're pissing on themselves. So guess what? They stop pissing on themselves. And then you take it off when they go outside and you put it back on when they come inside. And every once in a while, Lynn will forget to take it off. When they go outside and he'll piss on himself because he's been holding the piss for 10 hours, right? Yeah. Um, 10 bucks for three of them. So I spent 20 and got six of them. Oh, my God. There is, it's night and day. Like, no more puddles from cuddles.
0: You <laughs> dick. <laughs> right? Now that you've described it, I know exactly what you're talking about because oh. my, my sister uses that for her dog. And she's got a um, – it's that one that's like a Shih Tzu. I think it's called a Lhasa Apso. Yes, the same dog. really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh my god, the faces on those things are so adorable. They look like Ewoks. Right? Yeah, that's why I've always oh, loved yeah, Shih Tzus. Sure. <laughs> they're just the cutest things ever.
1: So she's got one with a belly belt. Yep.
0: Yep. I, I don't know sticker. if it's that brand, but I've definitely seen him wearing it. And
1: I don't know if there's a brand. It's just it's they're called belly belts. I like to call them the. You know how dogs have pee pads they can pee on and stuff. Yeah. I call it the, you know, sometimes they said your portable pee pee pad. (laughs) If you've got an older dog who's incontinent, it's a fucking lifesaver. You just, because they, they, it's not their fault. Like Gizmo will pee just because he's old. He'll get up all excited and there's this trail of piss to the door. I'm like, oh. So that, you know, we have to wash that one every day, regardless. This is really great radio. And, uh, (laughs) but it still saves my floors, which saves me from getting angry. Oh yeah! Right before the show, I stepped in pee. The last time I was on your show, I stepped in pee,
0: dude. Finding pee by p- or finding pee by stepping in it is so fucking like boom, like like if there's a switch that immediately sets me over to what the fuck.
1: Well, it's exactly. Pee, Sandy, Sandy the little puppy. Um, uh, pissed on uh, one of the brown. Um, we have little you know memory foam rugs, accent rugs in the bathroom. and I, I walk on one, squish, wet oh, oh. mother fuck so i bring out the rug and i go i gotta wash this oh no no use the spot shot dear. it's not and then it's like sympathy for the dog wait a minute how about sympathy for your husband i've got <laughs> piss on my foot okay so god forbid f- you're wearing a fucking sock when it happens oh, oh i was I oh it's the worst sock. The worst, right? So fine, whatever. We put the spot on on here. This will take care of it. You know, I don't have to. Whatever. So at any rate, yeah. Uh, belly belts, Amazon pack of three, 10 bucks. Just search for the highest rated one. They're all the same, I think, but just grab the highest rated one. Um, but I gotta tell you about my TV. So you got what kind of TV did you get, Joe? Okay, so it's an Element,
0: and I believe okay. It's stop a f- right. <laughs> there.
1: You bought an Element TV? Hey, it was a deal, and it's, it's
0: working pretty good so far. It might have been oh, from Walmart.
1: How big is it?
0: Uh, I think it's a 50-inch.
1: Okay. And you spent, what, four?
0: Mm, it might have been three. No, we got it at Target. It's all okay. coming back to me now. Fucking Target thing barely fit in the $300? back of my cider.
1: I think it was for 300 Is it a 4K or is it ten eighty? 1080? Uh, not a 4K, so it would be 1080. All right. All right. Not a bad deal. Um, I guess if you're going to upgrade to TV today and, and money was no option, and Joe, you'd probably want to get a 4K. Although, honestly, after a while watching a 4K, it's very rare to see the difference between 4K and regular 1080, even though they upconvert. And maybe it's just because I got used to it now.
0: Yeah, but, like my quick thought on that is that then all my fucking digital movies that I buy are going to cost a little bit extra because I have to buy them in 4K to make up for the TV.
1: Well, not necessarily, because the TVs will upconvert. So your 4K TV will upconvert. Take that 1080p and layer it on top of itself, so you get the 21, whatever, 2160, whatever it is. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it still looks better. It still is going to look better than a 1080p. So you could take, you know, most of your um, DVDs will upconvert. They have upconvert to 4K. Um, but who's buying? DVDs or Blu-rays anymore um, <laughs> right. in all honesty I mean nobody is uh I've got a 4k Blu-ray player anyway that's that's Austin likes to get me the uh steelbooks and, I know I always uh, see
0: people getting those and they look so cool but do you want to hear like a uh, like a confession from me
1: not particularly but you're gonna do it anyway oh so I'm go gonna ahead. do
0: it anyway I've never course. owned a Blu-ray
1: player okay so how do you watch them Blu-rays on your uh, PlayStation or something
0: no, I only own like a handful of Blu-rays. Like the majority you, of my movies are all digital. And you
1: can't fucking watch them?
0: I own Blu-rays that I can't watch, but it came with a digital code. All right. That's but fair. then it also came with a DVD. Say you're nuts. And I have a DVD player. Well, I don't even really have a DVD player. It's like my kids can watch DVDs because we got them. Um, we, we take long family trips that generally are, are like driving vacations. And so mm-hmm. we got them like the headrest little flat tv screens and then one of them has like a dvd player in it right and so like generally we just need to buy dvds so it'll comply with that so like most of the dvds we've bought in recently like actual hard media has just been like kids movies
1: yeah i've got an entire um external hard drive with kids movies on it I'm like i don't even do that right <laughs> i just don't but occasionally i'll pop in like i popped in Okay, I, I'll finish my TV story in a minute. But I popped in, uh, um, fucking Black Panther because Austin got me Black Panther in nice. 4K, uh, and I got a 4K Blu-ray player, hundred bucks, so it's not that bad, right? Um, didn't need the uh, one with the uh, streaming shit because I got streaming everywhere. Uh, looked amazing, but here's my story. I'm I'm an asshole. Like Brian and I were talking, and it's like, hey Brian, check out my my uh, rig. Because I used to work for, I used to work for Best Buy. I worked there fifteen years, so I'm kind of a tech head.
0: Oh, nice! And
1: uh, lo- I told Lynn, "Love me, love my TV." So I had a sixty-five inch three D television set, four K in the bedroom. It's a twenty fifteen. Great picture. <laughs> That's right? amazing. Oh yeah, Oh, and I've got um, you know the whole kit and caboodle surround sound. I've got um, you know like a Yamaha four K receiver and all this other bullshit, and then I've got um, JBL studio speakers like. From 1987 or something, like you can't get that quality of speaker anymore. You know what I'm saying? You, it, they're just awesome. And, and of course, brides like, "Oh, oh my god!" And <laughs> it, it's great. It's totally awesome. Sounds great. Um, got the whole home theater thing. Come visit. It's it's awesome. So I gotta bug up my butt. Sometimes this happens. So you just get a bug up your butt. Like uh, Austin and I are talking, and he goes, "Yeah, mom." Um by the way, my, my son lives with his mom. He just graduated, but he's still living with his mom because he did not have a job. So he's at mom's. Mom got an upgrade TV. Oh, really? What'd she get? She got a 4K? Oh, really? How big should she get? 70 inch, I think. Fuck that. I got to get a bigger one. Now, <laughs> now I got to get a bigger fucking TV. I
0: love Damn that I that ke- became a competition. Oh,
1: for sure. Like, I keep... you. She's got money up the yin-yang, like, that was no big deal, and I'm like, oh. So at first, I'm looking on the wall, I went to Lynn, I go, Lynn, you know, I got a bonus this year, like, hey, how about if we took, like, some money and got a bigger TV? How big? Well, you know... Like 80-inch TV. How about that? <laughs> 80, 85. You think it'll fit? I'm measuring it on the wall. Like it'll barely fit my fucking wall. I'm not kidding. Like all the way to the edge of the wall. I'm like, no, that's That's badass. almost a sheet of plywood. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm like, wow, this is so cool. This is a great idea. Where are we going to put the other TV? And she got all kind of hu- uh, huffy with me. And I was like, in the bedroom. Now it's a great idea. Like, oh, that'd be cool. 65-inch 65-inch television in the bedroom, Joe. Do you have a TV in your bedroom? 27-inch. Okay. Imagine a 65-inch TV. In your bedroom. I, I'm imagining right now. It's insane. Right? <laughs> it's insane, right? So Lynn's like, that's a cool idea. So that weekend, listen, don't give me an idea. Don't tell me something. I'm a fixer. I fucking fix things. That's what I do. So it's like, okay, I'm going to fix this now. I'm going to get the biggest fucking TV I can, and we're going to put this 65-inch Into the bedroom where my wife loves to watch TV. She loves watching TV in the bedroom more than she likes watching TVs in the living in the living room. So I'm like, "This is awesome." I go to Best Buy, right? I'm walking around, um, and this guy comes out. We're looking at stuff. I'm looking at the 85s, and they're all way too expensive. Now I have done my homework. I know how much it is. I'm looking to spend around 18 to 2, right? I don't want to spend 18 to 2, but I'm thinking it's going to cost me 18 to 2. So I'm like, this 75-inch Samsung here looks really good, and it looks big, and it's bigger than what I got, and it's bigger than what Austin's mom's got, so I'm good, right? And it's like 18 brand new. The kid goes, you know, I, I have last year's model. It's a floor model. Uh, I'll sell it to you for 1000 bucks. <laughs> Damn. Where the fuck is it? Where is this TV? Show me this TV, right? So we go over and we look at the TV, um, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's amazing. And he, he turns it on. Oh, it looks like it's going to work. Okay, great. Um, how much is the protection plan on it? Because I'm, I'm going to be smart like that. That's my business. So like, when my protection plans are my business. I'm like, how much? Oh, if you're dropping a grand, the grand on a TV, dude,
0: yeah, protection yeah.
1: plan. For sure. I'm, I'm buying a floor model. I'm going to buy the protection plan. How much? 150 bucks For five years? Five years. Done. So now, any problems I have for five fucking years on this TV, and I only spent 1150 bucks getting it. I call up Austin. I'm like, hey, you want to come help me hang up a TV? He goes, I'll be right there. So he drives about 40 minutes to get to the thing. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. We, we take this TV home in his truck. Barely fits in the back of his truck. That's how big this fucking TV is, Joe, right? So here's the funny but not funny part. We get... The 65-inch hooked up in the bedroom, Lynn's like drooling all over herself, you know, getting ready to, to, to do whatever you do when you get excited about shit. And then, uh, <laughs> Austin, I hook up the 75-inch, and I'm like, this is perfect. If I had gotten anything bigger, I would have been in trouble, right? It just, it just was it just awesome, just big enough, right? So we hook it up. I turn it on. I take the remote. And the remote's not working. So now, why is the remote not working? Okay, so um, the new TVs, your 4K TVs, have actually blue uh, Bluetooth and, uh, remotes, so they're not using an IR blaster, an infrared blaster, to go ahead and change the channels and shit, so you need that to work. They told me that my Harmony would work um, after I got it set up, so now I'm kind of pissed the, the remote isn't working. So I run to YouTube as you do, do some research, come back and forth, back and forth, 45 minutes of Fuck me. This thing isn't working. Oh. So Austin leaves. I got a TV, brand new TV that isn't working. Lynn's laughing at me. because at least the one in the bedroom works. Shut up. I got to fix this now. So now I call, uh, I call Best Buy, and they're like, well, come on over. We'll give you a new remote. So we drove all the way to Fort Myers. I got a new remote. I drive home. Yeah, I'm ready to, to work on this. That remote doesn't work. Fuck me. So what's wow. going on? Right? So now I'm upset. So now I, I call... Samsung. And we do all these tests and they go, well, it sounds like you've got a bad Bluetooth thing. I'm like, OK, um, we'll get, you know, it's under warranty. We'll 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 set it up for you. And I'm like, I'm thinking I bought a protection plan. Best Buy should come out, and fix it right away. I call Best Buy. It's late at night. Now it's like 9 o'clock on a Saturday. I call ten minutes before Geek Squad. I sat on hold for like forty five minutes waiting for these guys. No answer. Fuck me. OK, great. So now I'm looking at a TV that isn't working, even though I, I got a great deal on it. And so I'm pissed. You know what I did? Here's, here's a pro tip, right? If you're pissed about something, um, the, you know, they have forum boards where you can go ahead and, um, leave a message. So I left a message about how pissed I was cause I was on hold and nobody can help me. Right. Oh, by the way, I, I, that's kind of untrue. I, I talked with a geek squad person on the chat line and they were incredibly unhelpful. Like, Oh well, we're gonna. You're gonna. Have, we'll have to wait to get somebody out. I'm like, I got the protection plan. Well, it's still gonna cost you money. Oh wait, I'm sorry. They wanted me to bring it into the fucking store. Oh Jesus! Well, bring your TV back to the store. It's seventy five inches big. I'm not bringing that to the store. Yeah, you and, guys come out and fix it, right? And you probably had it mounted to the wall at that point. It's mounted on the fucking wall, man. <laughs> it's not coming down. I'm not taking this down for anything. Mountain, listen, mounting a TV on the wall is. Is not that hard, but once you get it up there, fuck you. I ain't taking it down. <laughs> right. Fuck this, right? So then the store, now Best Buy's got a thing. The store's got an email, right? So I emailed them. It's like midnight now. You ever get so pissed off that you can't see straight and you just kind of want to get some help, but you can't? So you just rant until you get somebody's attention or fall asleep.
0: <laughs>
1: yes, it, and prior history has taught me to never hit send when I'm in that state. <laughs> Oh, no, I did. I hit send. That was very nice. <laughs> I, oh, no, I was pissed. I was like, this is what happened. At the bottom of the email, this is a great phrase. Another, I'm, this can be the, you might as well call this uh, episode pro tip. So here's a pro tip for you at the end. <laughs> you have to tell people today what your expectations are because people are not smart enough to figure out what you expect from them unless you tell them. So at the bottom of my email, I wrote, my expectation is someone will call me tomorrow morning before 11 o'clock and let me know what my options are on how we're going to get this television fixed. And if you don't, at one o'clock, I will be driving to the store and talking to the general manager in person. And at that point in time, I will want to some solutions on how we're going to get this fixed. Here's my phone number. Thank you. I took Lynn to the boathouse. We have a little tiki bar in my town. We go there every Sunday morning, and we're having a cigar. 9.30. Phone rings. They called me at 9.30. See? Wow. I expected you to call. It's the uh, head of uh, the TV department who I had met the day earlier. His name was Rommel, named after Rommel. Oh, nice. um, Interesting choice in naming there. Kids are like, tell me what's going on. Well, I was pretty specific in my email. No, no, no. Just tell me again what's going on. So I told him, he goes, I'm working till three o'clock today. I'm going to swing by with some remotes and a universal remote, and we're going to see if we can get this working for you today. Great. He calls me at like three o'clock. I got to stay a little bit later. I'll be there in an hour. Is that a problem? No problem. I'm glad you called me. Great shows up at our house starts messing with the remotes. It's not working. He looks at me. He goes, well, here's the deal. I think, I think Samsung's right. I think we have a bad, uh, we got a bad uh, Bluetooth or IR connection or whatever the fuck is wrong with this TV. I go, yeah. He goes, how much did you pay for it? I go, well, you, "Well, you were there. You rung me up, 11 dollars So I could <laughs> either give you $200 off and we'll have our in-home service team come out and fix it. So how long is that going to take? He goes, man, it could take up to a week. I said, ooh, I don't like that. He goes, or, I go, okay, or let me call the Naples store. Let me see if they've got one. So he calls the Naples store. They've got one. He goes, I can go to the Naples store tomorrow, pick up this one, drive over here, and we'll mount it, and then we'll take your old one down, and I'll take it back to my store, and we'll have it fixed. I go, well, I don't want to put you out. He goes, oh, no, no big deal. I got a truck, not a big deal at all. Dude, it was his fucking day off. Drove all the way out to Naples, got the TV came in my house. We hooked it up. Everything works perfect. By the way, it was, it, it wasn't a floor display like this one. This was a I either I had to be an open box that was returned because it still had the film on it. You know what I'm saying? The oh, film yeah. was still on the fucking TV. I'm like, dude, this is brand new. He goes, yeah, I know. I'm like, fuck. So I got like his brand new television that somebody didn't couldn't fit on their wall for eleven fifty. The dude hooked it up. Then he goes, he says, because he and I are, I'm like, we're talking, I'm sharing stories, and a. do you like cigars? I gave him a cigar. Oh, by the way, tipped him, gave him fifty bucks. Hey, right? nice. Well, you gotta take care of people that are taking care of you. I'm like, dude, you didn't have to do this. Here's fifty bucks. I probably should have gave him more, because as soon as they gave him a cigar, and I gave him a nice cigar, I right, like a twenty dollar cigar and fifty bucks. He goes, I tell you what, I'm gonna hook you up. I go, what's that? He goes, Well, we have a retail account um with uh one of the local providers here. I can get you juiced up with Showtime and HBO and all that shit you can stream for fucking free. (gasps) Oh dude (laughs) fucking hey, hook me up. So he hooks me up. Um and yeah, no, I uh uh, and here's a funny thing. So my son has a personal connection to senior leadership at Best Buy. That's why his mom's got a lot of money. And I just took Rommel into my room, and he's like, oh, my God. He's looking at all the nerd shit in my room. And I go, I just want to show you a picture here. He goes, is that so-and-so? Because he knew right away who it was, the senior leader at Best Buy. I'm like, yep. I go, that's my son's grandfather. He goes, holy shit. And I looked at him and I said, <laughs> I didn't want to tell you that I knew this person and then I was going to, I was, cause I, he wouldn't give a shit, but I mean, I could threaten and people do this all the time. I know so and so. And if you don't do something about it, I'm going to go ahead and tell him like, I could have done that. I didn't, I didn't want to tell him that I knew this person. I just said, Hey, listen, I'm, uh, um, straight up. Uh, that's my son's grandfather. He's, holy shit. He's a big dude in the company. I go, yeah. And I'm going to tell him all about this great experience that I had and i wanted to let you know after it was done because you never fucking know who you're helping and it doesn't matter that's my point it doesn't matter everybody deserves to be treated with a little extra care this guy went way out of his way i wrote you know a letter to the store gave him 50 bucks and shit it doesn't matter but at the end of the day this big wig at best buy now knows this kid by name and if he walks in the store he'll be able to like hey thanks for helping my son's dad out this is awesome right How fucking cool is that? Oh, by the way, 75-inch 4K uh, 2019 Samsung. Fucking amazing. Like, we were watching Game (laughs) of Thrones on that, um, which fucking we could talk. God, I think we've we've talked out fucking Game of Thrones. Like, I don't want to talk about Game of Thrones uh, unless we want to talk about how beautiful it is on a (laughs) 75-inch
2: TV. I got Game of Thrones
1: thoughts. I don't mind. Oh, I, I'm so sick of it. I'm just so sick of talking about how disappointed everybody is. But I was very happy to watch that shitty Season 8 on my 4K TV. It was glorious. <laughs> People were writing, I can't see the long night, the Battle of Winterfell, right? I don't yeah. know if you know uh, I can't see, it's too dark. Oh, dude, it was glorious. Oh, 75 4k tv it was great i saw everything
0: <laughs> didn't no i mostly just laughed along at all the people absolutely hating on season eight it was like dude i've seen such worse finishes to shows that it's like game of thrones wasn't exactly what i wanted but it wasn't near as bad as like the end of fucking heroes Or the end of True Blood. Like, both shows that started out, like, so promising, such fascinating, compelling first seasons. And by the time it finished, you're like, what the fuck is this dribble that's being fed to me? I think Game of Thrones was the victim of two big circumstances, which was these guys started out adapting material. They weren't creators. They were adapters. And they went into this assuming, hey, this guy's going to finish these next two books over the next decade, right? Right? Right. Right. And then it was just too fast, man. That that last season in itself should have been two full length seasons, in my
1: opinion. Yes. And then things would have yes. made sense. It would have been great. But it wasn't, and that's fine. Yeah. But dude, you stuck all the way through Heroes. Oh yeah. Every fucking episode. What's wrong with you? Are you I, okay? I, I don't Are know. You it's still okay. It still haunts my
0: dreams. I can still what? I can still picture that Hayden uh Panera Bread, whatever her name is, like Looking at the camera and saying "It's a Brave New World," and it's like, oh, oh, oh! I just like barfed in my mouth a little bit, like, like what? The I oh. was
1: season two. I'm out. Yeah, I, I I clapped out. I stood up and said, "I'm out. I'm not watching this anymore." True Blood after season one, I'm out. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, You know, it's like the CW shows. You bailed fast. And David on that. and Joe were all talking like, "Oh, this is a great." I've been out of the CW for like three years. Oh, for years. so long. I am totally out. There's Same two, here. It's too long and there's too much of it, and most of it isn't good. Like yep. uh, Legends of Tomorrow, I would. Has any one of those episodes. Oh, they're going to get mad at me. David's going to yell at me. I don't care. Um, but are, are, are any one of those episodes any good? I mean, really, seriously.
0: I don't know. I, I I dropped off on Legends of Tomorrow right away. And I, oh. I'm glad that it has an audience because I read people and I hear people or I read things and I hear people on podcasts like, you know, gushing over that show and really loving it and praising it for the weird things it's doing and, and whatever. But no, for me, I, I don't know, as soon as they got way to CWE and it was like, no, I'm here for the comic aspect. I'm out. I'm, I'm not here for all the fucking relationship drama shit. It, it's all like, the brooding.
1: I, I'm going to brood. Every episode, I mean, half of it is brooding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know. After my, my comic book pull list got up to like 20 plus titles and I was like, no, I, I'm getting my comic book itch well and thoroughly scratched. I have so many good comic book stories that I'm reading right now. I'm not comic starved like I was when I originally got into like and granted right. that, that first season of the flash and the first couple of seasons of arrow, I think they're really, really good. They're really good. Yep. And, and, and I'll never take that away from them, but man, what they turned into is something that I just, I, I, I couldn't devote that much time. And there's such so many fucking episodes. Yeah. It's just
1: too much. It's too yeah. much, but it, uh, I really don't want to talk about that. But, um, <laughs> I'm you know, okay with One thing embraced- I will tell you about these okay. shows is they look fucking amazing on my 75-inch 4K TV. <laughs> I bet they do.
0: Okay, so here's why I'm happy with my 50-inch Element TV. For Please okay, Do tell. Since, okay, it would have been the beginning of 2007. So I would have used, like, I remember I got a Visa gift card from my folks that had quite a bit of money on it and i used that to buy my first flat screen tv and that was in end of 2006 slash beginning of 2007 and i got a 27 inch oh what was it it was one of the good brand name ones sharp it was probably a sharp i think it was a 27 inch sharp panasonic no it wasn't a panasonic i'm pretty sure it was a sharp and okay and that was the tv i had up until i got that fucking 50 inch element like you'd have been disgusted watching movies at my house. You'd been like, Why do you have this tiny fucking T V? And I'd be like, Because I'm in debt <laughs> Well, that's
1: great. I don't mind a little bit of debt if I can watch big T V. That's just me. Oh man, no, it was Oh, we've got I got a TV in every room in my house except my office and the bathrooms. That's it. <laughs>
0: hey, that's a good good on you for not having a TV in your office because I mean, it's your office—you're there to work, right? You're not there to be distracted by a television.
1: Yeah, but I got my I got my main rig where I do personal shit and sometimes I do uh, you know some work stuff on it cause it. <laughs> and then I got my regular laptop, so if I really wanted to, I could watch TV on my on my rig. Like I got a how big is the screen? 27, yeah, my screen is 27, 28 inches. It's about as big as your TV, Joe. <laughs> hey, I, I could hook and this up big so that... And it's not enough. Like, I want a 32, <laughs> give me a 32, 34. That'd be awesome. They'd cover up my Funko Pops, and then I'm fucked.
0: Yeah, uh, I could hook this one up so that, like, my computer display would be up on the wall up above it, but I've just
1: never... Nah, I don't want to do that. Well, and I'm not going to do it. But yeah, having it in my... office. Well, my my man cave is my office. Uh, and I used to have an office that overlooked the canal and it was great and it was beautiful and it was wonderful until my wife like said, this is a waste of space. I'm like, why is it a waste of space? <laughs> Cause I, i so we should be able to sit in this space and, and look outside of the canal. So I moved all <laughs> my like, shit Yeah, that's my what I tape. do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I did. And then we put in a couch and a TV and the stuff and, uh. No one sits in there now. So, I mean, occasionally they do, but for the most part, no. It looks nice. It is what it is. Okay, so you got the canal there. How close to the ocean are you? I know you've been through some hurricane things.
0: I've seen stuff you posted online that was pretty gnarly.
1: Well, I mean, we're close to the Gulf of Mexico, so I have to be very careful. On the on the west coast, it's the Gulf of Mexico. I am literally 10 minutes from the Gulf of Mexico. Nice.
0: So you you yeah. can, like, pretty much every night, if you so chose to... In a very short drive, you'd be able to watch the sunset over water.
1: I uh, have done that many times. Or I can watch the sunset over waters over my canal, which is just equally as nice. But, yeah, um, yeah, we've got the tiki bar I t- told you about. We'll often people will go there. And their tradition in southwest Florida is uh, the conch shell. You know about that, right?
0: I know it's a big shell, and sometimes you see people on TV blowing into it, and it's like a horn Correct. that summons the kraken. Some
1: dude will bring the conch shell down to uh, the tiki bar and when the sun hits the uh, when the sun hits the water they'll blow the conch shell which is kind of cool but also very stupid like I don't (laughs) don't understand what you're really doing but okay this is cool Um, I'll have another drink
0: okay what what if it's all neat and harmless like like you know every other time except for that one time that it summons like the kraken or something
1: oh dude If it summoned the Kraken and the Kraken would come and take out 75% of the idiots that are there, I'd be (laughs) a happy guy. (laughs) Because 75% of the people would be like, what's that? And they'd watch it. And I'd be like, we're out. We're we're getting out of here. Um, But yeah. Okay, here's a real question. And this is a good one for you, too. You're going to love
0: this question. I don't know. Was the Kraken, was that the original Kaiju?
1: No, <laughs> I don't
0: know. No, it could wasn't. it have been a basis for something that was on that?
1: Well, the, wasn't the Kraken in the um, uh, Clash of the Titans, nineteen eighty-two, or whatever the hell that was, or or oh, even or oh, there's Vengeance a Kraken in there. Event, there was that one, but then there was the Adventures of Sinbad.
0: Yeah, that, for sure, any maritime adventure show had a Kraken in it, right?
1: Yeah, I think the I think I think Zilla was way before. Any of that. I don't even know if Godzilla is the original kaiju. I don't know. Um, it's not a bad thing, I dude, guess. The stories of the Kraken have got to go back to ancient Greece, at least. Of course they do. But there was no. It, they weren't based on some dude in a rubber <laughs> suit trying to, you
0: know. <laughs> no, for sure they weren't calling shit. it a kaiju back then.
1: <laughs> but it was a big monster that came out of the ocean. Why not? Right? Yeah, no, um, I don't think so. You know, we need to ask Kepner. And that guy's a fucking mutant. We did the Godzilla uh, King of the Monsters review. And he can like tell you the names of every actor in every movie and what year they were fucking born and all this other kind of stuff from all these movies. It was just unbelievable. Oh, he has At amazing top, memory for that stuff. He's so unbelievable. Cool. <laughs> like I show up with five pages of notes. I, I went and I researched notes because I'm just a man. I'm just a fucking fan. He's a. Mutant fan. It's just unbelievable. But it was really cool talking with him. But yeah, ask Dan Heppner about Kaiju. He'll give you an answer yep. and it'll be right. Whatever he tells you is right. Don't even look it up. <laughs> it's just right.
0: I, I have a one of a kind Heppner story that nobody else got to experience. And this was at C2E2 last year. Of course. And so, okay, so we arrived, my wife and I arrived. We drove in from Iowa and we arrived quite a bit later than we should have. And so parking was a nightmare and we ended up doing all these loops around the convention center, just trying to find parking and like being stupid and not realizing that there was a part. I found out after the fact that I could have parked quite easily right where I wanted to, but I fucked it up. Um, But while driving around and looking for something. We just kind of slow down because there's nobody coming behind us for a ways and we're just trying to get our bearings and decide where we're going to turn up here at this light that's probably about 100 yards ahead. And I happen to just glance over into the line of cars to my left and they're all waiting to take a left turn into this like auxiliary parking for the con. And there's a little there's a compact car there and there's a dude inside that looks like he's listening to death metal. Like head banging up and down, hands flailing all over the place. I'm like, this fucker's getting down. And then I realize he's not listening to music at all. He's having a fucking meltdown about the line of traffic he's in. It was fucking Daniel Heppner. <laughs> That's awesome. It was of all the fucking people in Chicago to run into, especially in traffic, right? And so I roll my window down. I'm like, Heppner! What the fuck, dude? And he's like, this fucking line hasn't moved for 20 fucking minutes. And he was full fucking five-star rage.
1: (laughs) You know, one should be able to hold their uh, temper in those moments. But I have found the older I get, the less patience I have. And, uh, yeah, I mean, realistically, it's one of those, well... What can you do about it? Not a <laughs> damn thing. There's not a damn thing that you could do about it. So you shouldn't get upset. But I do get upset because this was caused by somebody. Somebody caused this. Some moron, and actually it's probably more than one, a gaggle of morons has, <laughs> has caused this. And it is now interrupting my life and I have no patience for it, right? Right. Um yeah, like the other day I think we talked about going to the beach and I got stuck in a in a line going to the beach two miles, ninety minutes. That's insane. Like I could have walked it. Shoulda walked it. Shoulda parked and walked to the to the beach two miles. I would I would have gotten there in way less than ninety minutes, right? So yeah, no, I, I just lost my fucking shit. Just totally lost it. But yeah that's funny. Hepner's a good dude. Um, he was with, We went and smoked cigars, and uh, he and I were talking, and, and he knew his shit. So I got to give people, you know uh, props that understand uh, the nuances of uh, the festive leaf, as I like to call it, this, the sacred leaf when it comes to cigar smoking, because it's, it's something that I, I, I dearly love, which is great. And uh, there it is. I know nothing about smoking cigars. Oh, dude.
0: It's it's terrible. I, I don't even... Are you supposed to inhale it? Are you supposed to inhale no. a little bit of it? No. You're supposed to inhale nothing. You just... Nothing. You just You just kind of draw on it, hold the smoke in I your mouth, and to blow it away. I smoke a
1: cigar with you. And I'm a nice guy. Like, I, if you've never smoked a cigar, uh, you should get with somebody you trust who understands what's going on, and they will help you. Like, I taught my son how to smoke cigars. Like, he'd never, you know, smoke. Cigarettes. I never smoked a cigarette, so I, I don't know what smoking cigarettes is all about. Um, but I mean, I know that you partake in the festive herb, right? So that that's fine. Um, and you inhale that, which is which is also fine. But cigars, you don't. So cigars is all about <laughs> bringing you bring the smoke into your mouth and you let it kind of linger in there and hopefully some gets up to your olfactory glands those are at the bottom of your nose that's where your taste buds really live is at the bottom of your nose joe Uh, and you get a full flavor of what's going on and then you blow it out the douchebags that just suck in and blow like that they're just trying to look cool they don't know what the fuck they're doing and they're not getting the full flavor of the cigar it's called a a retro hill bring it in rolling around and blow it out. If you're a badass, you blow it out your nose, which is really scary because cigar smoke is like a hundred times hotter than cigarette smoke. <clears throat> so I've seen badasses that blow smoke out their nose from cigarettes, try that, and just lose their shit. <laughs> Devolve into coughing because they just burned their sinuses? Pretty much. Now, two years ago, I brought, um, I brought some uh, really nice cigars. Uh, my favorite smoke is a liga privada velvet rat and it used to be that those were a promo cigar like they only made a thousand of them and they kept it in a humidor for like 89 years and it's a lancero which means it's skinny but it's nice and tall um real awesome amazing uh smoke Um, by the way the flavor palette on that thing um will change like three or four different times like you get three or four different experiences while you're smoking. Unbelievable. Um, and now the the uh, cigar bar near uh, where Lynn and I in Cape Coral, they, uh, they're they one of the few uh, places in, in the United States that I know of that actually can get these things and sell them. So I'm like, I am going to ruin some people, right? Um, and I, And I love doing that. And what I mean by ruining people is that, Joe, if you've never smoked a, a cigar before, like, I will. I'm. I'm not just gonna teach you how to smoke on a two-dollar stick. We're gonna spend the money, and because there's a huge difference between. It's like a steak. Like if you go to, uh, you know, um, a real fancy restaurant and they serve a nice steak. I mean, those are amazing, right? Like uh, Roos chris that's just an example, or Morton's, right, where they've got great meat or even something in your local place that's even better.
0: Mm,
2: like
1: oh, a,
0: yeah, dude. I had a filet mignon at a friend's wedding, and it was fucking amazing. Fucking
1: amazing. A $40. There's a difference between the $40 steak you get at Morton's and whatever the fuck they're serving at Golden Corral, right? So there's this huge difference. <laughs> the same thing. It's true, and the same thing can be said of cigars. There's a huge difference between your twenty to thirty dollar stick, and your two to three dollar stick. Which I mean, I don't even smoke two to three dollar sticks unless I get them online. You can you can get expensive sticks. Uh, that's slang for cigars, everybody. Online for cheap. And occasionally, I'll do that. Cigarbid.com is the best place to do it. Anyway, long story short, I got three velvet rats. I bought. Well, I got one for myself. I got one for Brian, and Jared Gafford. And uh, we went out, and um, I, I ruined those two with with that cigar. Uh, <laughs> I did. They were like, "This is amazing," and and then now it's like I've never found anything that tastes that good. I go, "And you won't." By the way, I can never, I can neither confirm nor deny that one of those individuals did, in fact, inhale, and uh, it was um, it was a bad thing. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I had friends that went on a Mexico trip in high school, and so they were able to buy Cuban cigars down in Mexico, and then they switched them out with, like, Dominican rings or something like that to be able to get them through customs and bring them back.
1: Well, you could just take the fucking ring off, right? Yeah. Well, this is no just one a story I got from my no friends. I like the story. great. <laughs> replace the ring. Like, you need to do that. You, you, you don't. Just take the fucking <laughs> ring off. Like, you can't tell. Once the ring is off, I have no idea what it's what that is you can't just look at a cuban cigar and go that's a cuban cigar no you wouldn't know so they they went to mexico and they got some cubans
0: yeah and this thing was like kind of ridiculous it was bigger it was about as big around as like an old school 50 cent piece Mm -hmm. and probably like fucking like eight or nine inches long i mean the thing was fucking gigantic
1: holy shit yeah okay wow i mean so like the highest okay so here's another pro tip so like your diameter of uh, um of your cigar is called a gauge right so the higher the gauge the the uh, the thicker it is the thicker it is by most accords um, the heavier smoke you're gonna get right um, so like a sixty ring gauge which is about the top for most is about the size of a little bit bigger than a quarter right so you're talking a 50 cent piece that's got to be like a 70 80 i've seen 90 ring gauge stuff like i would never smoke it it would just like there'd be too much um, hopefully it was just a 60 60s are doable but you could hurt yourself so i hope your friends didn't get hurt smoking those things that would that sounds fun
0: well basically the thing burned for so long that there were like four of us four or five of us hanging out in this basement and right. all, each one of us like basically at one point or another held onto this cigar for a very long time Oh, Oh, that's that's awesome. awesome. And like, we were all cigarette smokers. And so we were all very on the fence of, are you supposed to inhale this? What the fuck are you supposed to do? Like it, like it would literally, it felt like getting shot in the chest with a 12 gauge inhaling it.
1: Oh yeah. No, no, you get
0: sick. (laughs) But then we were all feeling super fucked up. And so then we were banding about the idea. We're like, is this just tobacco? And it's like, in, in, in retrospect, it's like, yeah, it was such a huge dose of fucking tobacco. It's like, no wonder it made us dizzy and feel fucked up.
1: Oh, good cigar though. Good uh, full body cigar will fuck you up. I mean, Scott nicotine. I mean, you're just getting this big dose of nicotine. Yeah, right? exactly.
0: And, and I'm sure that's what it was. But I'm man, sure you're
1: just high on fucking nicotine. I'm mean, again, a good full body c- uh, cigar will fuck you up. Like
0: <laughs> I woke up the next day with like either laryngitis or bronchitis or something like that. Like I was fucked up.
1: Oh wow. Well, I mean, you know what the dry mouth comes from, right? Did you get the dry mouth.
0: I don't remember the dry mouth. I just remember getting like an intensely sore throat. Oh I mean, well, was, that can. It was, too. it was probably because I tried inhaling it too many times. Probably, but there is a. Uh, this was know, like seventeen-year-old Joe, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of people complain. You know, if you smoke, sometimes your um, your uh, your tongue will get dry, and. Um, there's actually a real good reason for that is you're doing absolutely nothing wrong. And it has absolutely nothing to do with your tolerance level or anything like that. It there's actually a, uh, oil that is, that is, uh, put on all cigars that, uh, helps them stay moist longer or helps, you know, helps them stay in the condition where it's optimal for smoking. So depending upon the age of your cigar, you may have, a, um, additional, uh, oil there. And that, that is designed to, kind of dry out the exterior so a lot of times when you're smoking you can't really taste it or anything like that but it'll get on your tongue and then you'll wake up the next morning and you'll be like <laughs> <laughs> but no it's the best because you know and you did this with your friends you can't just grab a cigar and take a 15 minute break and come back to work right like this is a this is a uh, this is a a planned event like Lynn and I will almost always uh, I got more stories. We'll almost always go out every Friday night and have a cigar at the cigar bar, primarily because it's our favorite place to go because now we're there all the time. So if you have a bar that you can go to all the time and you treat them well, and they they will kiss your ass. You know what I'm saying? Like the guy that owns the place loves us because, again, we're spending a lot of money there. They'll kiss our ass too. like, hey, you guys want to see? You know, um, can I buy you a drink? Occasionally, he's bought us drinks, that kind of stuff. Uh, but that's still a two-hour plan event. Like, I'm gonna, it's gonna be, we're gonna be here two hours. I'm gonna, it's gonna one stick's gonna take me at least an hour. If I've got a bigger one, it might be longer than that. We'll drink, we'll relax, we'll shoot the shit with our friends, and and that's great. But I can't do that in 15 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. it's relaxing as fuck. I mean, it just because you can't, you can't really much of anything else you just gotta sit there and enjoy and then relax so and if you're like me and you have a life that's full of chaos then relaxing is good yes Joe
0: I was gonna say what gauge is like
1: your favorite to smoke oh um it depends I mean it, it really does depend for me I'm like a 54 is like a, that's my typical like a Toro is a like a a six inch like a six by 54. I believe is a Toro, um, size for a cigar that that's my favorite. Uh, occasionally I get a smaller, um, uh, a smaller one, like a Maduro, which I believe is a five by 54, which is really cool. I've got some 60 ring gauges. Um, one of my favorite smokes that, um, like is a great cut. I can't believe this. Um, a great cut your teeth cigar are the nubs. Nubs are about a four by 60. So they're really fat, but they're really short, right? And I've never had a nub that I didn't love. I've never had one that didn't burn um, amazing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't have to relight it a 100 times, and I got real nice long ash on it and all that other good stuff. I, I've never had one that wasn't just, like, a perfect smoke. And maybe it's just from the construction, or maybe because it's just a short, fat fucking cigar. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if you came over to the cave, to the yard, I, I would hook you up. We probably start you off on a nub because it's a shorter smoke too. It's like a thirty to forty-five minute uh, encounter. Um, but yeah, that I, I think fifty-four is my favorite. But we, oh my god, I could talk. I could school for days.
0: The, <laughs> no, the other dude, thing I find that, it fascinating because I know the other nothing thing you about it.
1: Think about, you know, they have box press. You ever seen box press? That's a that's another thing. I can't. Box press is basically you take a cigar and you roll your cigar right, and then they they press it. So it's square now. So instead of being round, it's square, and, and I don't know weird. how. To... It is weird, but they burn and taste different. Really, probably because the construction is different. So the the draw is going to be different, right? So how the smoke comes through the cigar is different because it's flat. Um, I love box press. Right? I don't know why. It's just a different experience. Um, it feels different in your mouth, all that kind of stuff. The one thing I would say, your friends are very lucky if they got Cubans in Mexico. Um, it,
0: oh, they got ripped off for all I know.
1: <laughs> well, here's pro tip. Old man shooty pro tip. You're on the beach, Joe. You're in Dominican Republic or somewhere where Cubans are, are legal, And the guy's walking down the beach – with a yellow box of cohibas and he wants to sell you a cohiba, which is a Cuban cigar. That is not a cohiba. Do not buy that, no matter how cheap, because they'll be cheap. I'll buy, sell you a box for twenty bucks. You think you're getting a great deal? Um, first of all, uh, it's probably not a Cuban. So what they do is they'll take scraps. Um, the filler inside a cigar is actually a, the leaf is actually long. It looks like a, like if you took a pencil, Joe, and you were to flatten it out, right? It looks like a long, flat pencil on the inside. And so when they wrap that up with the outer uh, stuff, it's full of that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Those kind of leaves, right? Um, when you're done, you actually rolling a cigar, if you ever watch anybody do it, um, you actually have a bunch of scraps and those go in a barrel. Um, and what these assholes are doing is they're taking the scraps and they're just rolling scraps, right? So it it doesn't burn well, it doesn't taste well. Um, it's just a cheap piece of shit. So nine times out of ten, if you're lucky, you're getting you're getting a really bad, poorly made cigar that won't taste or smoke right. If you're unlucky and you're one of the one out of ten people, um, a lot of narrative wells will uh, actually lace those things with PCP or whatever. <laughs> uh, you could you could get really fucking messed up and or die. I we there are many stories of people who have died off of that kind of shit. So oh, never ever ever do that. We were in um we were in Punta Cana. Oh, the same place where that woman got beat up. Did you hear about that? I don't think so. Majestic Elegance. We went there on our honeymoon. We went there again. Um had a great time. Apparently this one woman got out of her uh, room the other day and one of the orderlies beat the living shit out of her. Like she's Ooh. got yeah, she's got bruises all over her face and everything and uh yeah, not a good PR move for uh that uh place. Like I, I right. a lot of people aren't going anywhere. But back to the, the uh place we were at, this guy's like on the beach, he's older guy like me, and he's got a cohiba. And I go, Oh dude, you got a cohiba? He goes, Yeah. I got it from a guy on the beach today. <laughs> I can't wait to smoke it. And I looked at him and I went, You hold right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you a real cigar. Oh no, no, this is a real cigar, dude. I'm telling you right now, you don't want to smoke that. I've got something nice in my room. What is it? Your anniversary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got something nice in my room. I'll go and I'll get it. And, uh, no, 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 you, you, you hold on to your shit. I'm fine. Like an hour later, I see him. How was it? You don't want to know. <laughs> I was
0: an That's optimistic fool. A fool.
1: Oh, poor bastard. Um, I don't know if I gave him one when I saw him again. I don't mind doing that either. My wife gets all mad. Like, you're giving away your cigars. You spend a lot of money on them. I said, I don't mind helping. You know, if somebody's nice to me and I've got something to say thanks or or maybe I want to, you know, improve their uh, enjoyment of something that I enjoy. I don't I don't mind sharing. Well, you know what I'm saying?
0: Exactly. Well, in that c- cigars is one of those things that that's. That's one of your things, right? Yes. And so you yeah. You just ran into somebody who was stoked about your thing. But when you looked at what they had in your in their hand, you knew that they didn't have something authentic and you right. knew more than that guy. So in that moment you were like, oh, he's trying to do my thing, but he's not going to have a good experience doing it because right. I know better than him on what he has in his hand. So no, that totally fits in with your personality, man. Well, but I, I,
1: you know, I I don't mind sharing stuff. You know, yeah. I I just don't. Or people come by. What are you smoking? Blah 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 blah. I got an extra one. You want one here? Right. And in hopes that they'll have is. And this is so dumb. I mean, I get it. Like you worked hard for those. Why would you? Sh- why would you share them? Well, honestly, honey, I I got them on cigar bid. So I got a pack of five or 25 bucks, right? So these are $10 cigars that I paid 25 bucks. I already got a steal on them. Right. So it's not a big deal to me. And number two, I mean, here's my thing, right? Um, there's not enough people willing to spread joy in this world. And sadly, I'm, I'm one of those sad motherfuckers that does. And, I can't, man, I just can't be anything other than that person. And I'm okay with it. And if you're going to be with me, you got to be okay with it too, because you're going to be the recipient of my spreading the joy as well. So just, just hang on and appreciate the fact that I like to make people happy. And, and there's just, Joe, there's not enough of those people out there at all.
2: Oh, and I totally most, agree.
0: Oh,
1: and, I, and I'm not pointing fingers, and I'm not judging, and I'm not saying everybody needs to be like me because being like me is a big pain in the ass. Um, and, uh, but, man, I'm, I'm telling you, there are so many people that are so fucking selfish that I, I can't I, – I lose my mind. So one of the things that I did want to talk – this is a nice segue. So one of the things I did want to talk about tonight was this whole idea of ownership. Are you an ownership guy, Joe? Yeah, big time. Okay. Have you read Jocko Willink's book, Extreme Ownership?
0: I've not read his book. I think my dad has it, and so I I could probably borrow it from him and read it. But yeah, I'm a big Jocko fan. That guy's Jocko Willink, um, was, folks. Did I turn you on to him by sending you his his um good video?
1: You did. So Yeah, I was, I was. I don't know if I was down or if I was on my weight loss journey or whatever. That
0: good video is fucking amazing. Like people should listen to that every day as a fucking affirmation. Like it is so fucking good.
1: It's good. He's got those T-shirts, and they're written backwards. So when you read them in the um, in the mirror, it says "good." Didn't get the job I wanted. Good. Oh, I'm I'm looking it up. I'm pretty sure that it'll capture this. So, bitch. I'll play it here if I can.
0: I just got to wait for my computer to load it up.
1: But yeah, go ahead. All right. So, you know, Jocko Willing, I'll get you, I have an audio copy of the book. I'll send you an audio copy of the book. I'm a, I'll tell you, that book changed my life. Honest to God. From a leadership perspective, that book changed my life. Um, deal breaker for me, right? Deal cha- or deal changer. Um, because once you read the tenants in that book, he's got another book that came out called The Dichotomy of Leadership. And it's all about, you know, extreme, you know, it's all about taking ownership in things. So the natural human tendency is to blame everybody else for something that goes wrong. Right? Yeah. Okay, you're probably still looking for shit, but that's fine.
0: No, I'm with it, you, though, dude. Th- that, that is it, because it's like, oh, what did the divine me do wrong? I did everything right. Somebody else fucked this up for me.
1: so much safer for your ego, Joe. To blame somebody else. There you go. It's It's your ego. uh, Your body will do weird fucking things to protect it. Right? (laughs) So I can't. The natural state is for people to blame everybody else. So, you know, um, in, uh, okay, let's say you have a project and it's due by the end of the week. Actually, I could even, I'll give you an example. Um, I, I, but I have a nice long story to tell after the example. So last, last Thursday, I'm meeting with folks from one of my clients that has asked for a lot of work. I'm down a man on my team. So we're just in fucking triage mode. And so I'm just handling projects by based of ROI on the size of the client and when it's fucking due, right? I believe that we've got you know, till July 1st to deliver some stuff. That's what I was originally told. I swear to God, I wrote it down. I'm having a meeting about it, right? And the business manager shows up and the field team leader shows up and says, yeah, we need this on June 14, not July 1. Because it's got to be printed. I'm like, you didn't tell me that. Oh, by the way, um, You know, one of the things was due the next day. I like the very, you know, they they go, where's this outline for this training? And I was like, what, what training, you know, what, what outline are you talking about? The one that's due tomorrow? Well, excuse me, if it's due tomorrow, why are we talking about it today? Right? So in the back of my head, I'm like, you assholes, Right. You you just t- totally threw me under the bus in front of a whole bunch of people, and I know we didn't talk about this. Go back and relook at your notes. I don't have any notes. We didn't talk about. I take great notes. I know I would have done it right now. Whose fault is it, Joe?
0: Oh, geez. In that moment, it's a tough one. I mean, for sure, you'd be feeling like, hey, you didn't tell me
1: about this. You just said you take good notes. Yeah, it's my fault, Joe. At the end of the day, it's my fault. You want to know why? Because I own that relationship with that business partner. I should have. I knew that that business partner. Um, it, I don't want to put it. Uh, isn't as strong as other ones. There's a lot of things going on. Um, I had every opportunity to touch base with this individual uh, more often and just make sure that we didn't drop the ball when certain individuals left the organization. It's my fault. At the end of the day, I have to take – you don't have to take ownership for everything. That, that's dumb. Like you shouldn't do that. I have a tendency sometimes to over – to take more responsibility than I should. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> here's, here's the deal. Here's what's great. So I've got his boss on the call as well. Um, and I'm like, man, I'm sorry. If there was something that was due today, I must have spaced it. And I'm terribly sorry. I'm not prepared today. I will take ownership of this, and I will fix it, and you'll have what you need tomorrow. Oh no, no, we'll we'll talk to the client. We'll give get a couple extra days. You will have this tomorrow, right? So then I I do damage control, and I call up his boss, and I just said, "Hey, I want you to understand one thing, and this is really important: that what happened today was not a failure of this other individual's leadership. That what happened today is a failure on my part to follow up um, and and ensure that all the Deliverables. We had alignment on all the deliverables. We had alignment on all the delivery dates, and I will fix it. And his response was glorious. He was like, "Hey, not a big deal. You're going through a lot. You don't have enough people on your team. Uh, I get it." If I pass the buck and blame everybody, what kind of response do I get?
0: Oh, it'd be the complete opposite.
1: Yeah. Pro tip. Pro tip. <laughs> I'm gonna say <laughs> sickening, <of> right? <laughs> Generally speaking, leadership, when there's an issue, they don't want. To, I don't want to hear excuses. If if you mess something up, I don't want to hear excuses. You know what? I what do I want to hear, Joe?
0: You want to hear somebody take ownership of it and say you need to acknowledge that the mistake happened, and they, and also let them know you need to give them that fuzzy, warm fuzzy feeling in their tummy that you are mm-hmm. taking care of this. This yep. matters to you. You're not sitting back in your chair and going, <laughs> fuck them. No. You're taking care of it for him, and you're assuring them of that.
1: Correct. Now, most people don't. Oh, by the way, there's one last thing that is really important. And I found this to be true because this, this is the cherry on top. <clears throat> I'm going to take care of it. This will never happen again. By the way, if you say that, it better never happen again. Like, it should never, ever happen again. But when you tell somebody, like, this is never going to happen again, and you do take ownership and you fix the issue, and, and you're serious about it never happening again, I mean, that's a, big, that's a big deposit in the emotional bank account. Like, last week, I had to make a withdrawal. Oh, I hate that. It was a huge withdrawal from the emotional bank account with those folks, but taking ownership of what was going on and fixing it been all over this shit. By the way, I have more important things that I should be doing, but I'm taking care of these people because the relationship is more important to me. Um, because that's how business gets done than, uh, than anything else. So I'm probably working harder at it, uh, than I need to, but ownership's important. And here's the, the sad thing is that it's such a simple thing to do and people fucking don't do it, Joe,
0: No. And do you want to know what the most beautiful thing about it is when you take ownership, especially if it's in a team setting? It inspires other people to take ownership around you. If you start off, if you're a team leader and you start off with negativity, if the first thing you start off with is so-and-so dropped the ball on this, you fucker, and then everybody else is going to immediately get negative. But if you step up and say, you know what? I, I I should have been t- I should have been asking more follow up questions on this I, I I should have been making sure that the that, that the ship was following the right course and then the next person down the line behind you is going to go, Oh, you know what I could have done better on this too and before you know it, everybody has turned it in to a learning experience because like you said, if you promise the customer or whomever this isn't going to happen again that means that you're taking ownership of not only the fact that a mistake happened but you're treating this as a learning experience. You now oh, have sure. a backup plan. You, know how, you now have one more corner that you can think around and come up with a proactive solution that this isn't going to happen
1: again. Oh, trust me, this person that dropped the ball on me, you know, the, where is this? I didn't have it. Oh, they're going to hear from me a lot, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm all over it. I have to, because you've just taught me that I can't. I can't completely trust you when it comes to those things because for whatever reason, right, I can go ahead and make, and it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, you have to have that. And oh, by the way, learning is important. You know, I think that we, uh, creating environments where people are, are um, allowed to fail and learn and grow is really important. If you're not making mistakes on my team, you're not trying hard enough. That's the thing that drives me crazy is that we have a tendency to, if I take a look at no matter what you're doing like I I was taught a few years ago like just always be thinking about the business so how do we move the business forward and you know what doing the same thing over and over and over again not only do they call it insanity but it doesn't necessarily produce viable business results either no matter where you're at no matter what you're doing you got to find new ways of delivering value for whatever you're doing and so hey we need to do this. Do you know, I mean, I'm pushing, we do learning. That's what my team does. I've been pushing VR training in my business units this entire year because we can do it. And I know that the return on investment, ROI, is huge. I know that the science tells us that retention on virtual learning is 80 to 90%. And I know that the very best that I can do when I deliver learning to my clients is maybe 20 Like. Duh! Oh, by the way, it's not going to cost us $100,000 to do anymore. I mean, I could probably do it for $10. A video is going to cost me $10. So why wouldn't we try this? Why wouldn't we want to get learnings from it? I'm too scared. What are you afraid of? I'm afraid that it won't work. Great. If it doesn't work, it's no uh, worse than putting out something that we know is only going to give you a 20% lift. Oh, and we get learnings from it so we get better. Wow, that to me, I mean, that's worth a lot of money. Um, that's worth a lot of time, too. So at any rate, it, I made my team um, read that book, Joe. I made <laughs> them read that book. And Fantastic. Talk- I did. I made them read it. Gave it to my boss as a Christmas gift. He read it, right? By the way, it came to me a few weeks later after reading the book. He so this book's amazing. We lost a huge client a couple years ago. Um, and I mean, really big client. If I, I don't want to mention the name of the client, but we lost the client. Big deal. People lost jobs because we lost this client, right? Uh, the president of that division got up at a, at an all hands meeting, a sales kickoff meeting and said, well, it was really nobody's fault. What the fuck? I mean, did you just (laughs) say that? Did that come out of your mouth? Holy crap. It's nobody's fault. Bullshit. Bullshit. Somebody somewhere could have done something to make it so that we didn't lose this client. Oh, by the way, that includes you, right? Take ownership. Why, at that moment, what, what, wouldn't it have been better as a president of that division to get up and go, you know what? We lost this client, and the person that I'm going to blame in this is me. How much respect would that person earn? Wow. Oh, absolutely. Right? He still has his job, so he didn't lose his job, right? So that's okay. Okay. So I had my whole team read this book. Some people got it because Jocko's a military guy who ran the um, SEAL team in uh, Ramadi, uh, Task Unit Bruiser in Ramadi. And um, they did some amazing things. Amazing stories come out of that, right? And there's so many great things in extreme ownership. It talks about um, no bad teams, bad leaders. It talks about putting your ego away. And by the way, once you read this book, you start seeing like, holy shit, my company's got just tons of ego in it. And how dangerous, oh my God, Joe, ego is so fucking dangerous. Oh, dude, I've been on
0: that trip for like the last decade plus.
1: (laughs) And once you recognize, once you recognize ego in the work environment, you can deal with it better because you can recognize it for what it is. We are making a decision here based on ego. And then there are ways that you can talk about, he talks about, there are ways you could talk about that. And diffuse it and refocus on the business and get ego out of the equation. And once you once you get ego out of the equation, man, everything gets better.
2: Oh, right? man, I got to so read this, this book.
1: Oh, I'll, I'll send it to you. So here's the thing. So I had my whole team read this book. Here's why I'm telling you this story. Because I had a – it's been a rough year for old man Judy. Um And I just feel the need to tell a story. Not a whole lot of people t- told the story. I had a person on my team that was with me since the beginning, since I I've been in my organization for eight years. This person's been with me for eight years. Um, completely uh, reliable person, like someone that I would say is a really great, contrib- you know, like an exceeds performance kind of a person. Um, really great at, at uh, setting up relationships, really great at project management, not so great at creative design. So for a while, I took that off their plate. Like from a strengths management perspective, this isn't going to give me anything. So I'm going to have somebody else on my team who's really good at that. Do that, and you don't have to do it. That's smart. That's good business. If I can, if you can get away with that, that's great. Well, we lost that big account, and I lost somebody on my team. We took the most junior person from my team. We let them go. By the way, it's the wrong answer when you have to make a cut for whatever reason. One of the biggest dichotomies of leadership, Joe is um, you're supposed to be really close with your people, but not so close that it gets in the way of the business. So this individual, um, we'll call her Sally. That's not her name. Uh, she and I have been together for eight years. Uh, she came to my wedding. That's That tells you the relationship that we had, right? Um, but if I take a look at, at the business, because we all of a sudden the focus wasn't on how much – we could do it was on the quality of our output so when that changes then uh, one of the things you have to do as a leader as a leader is take a look at talent and my boss came back to me and says yeah we're gonna let so-and-so go and then like a month later he came back he goes did we let the right person go and I looked at him and I said no we should have let Sally go because the needs of the business are such that we were focusing on a quality of output and our output's not where it needs to be and I'm not going to meet the needs of the business with the talent that I've got. That's a really shitty place to be. If you think about it, it's kind of like a football team, right? Um, you're never going to win the Super Bowl with Archie Manning as your quarterback. Does that analogy make sense to you, Joe?
0: I know nothing about football, but I can only assume that
1: Archie, Archie Manning, Manning was, was the dad. A, <laughs> no, Archie Manning is – yeah, he he was uh, Peyton's dad and he was a decent quarterback, but he was nothing special. Okay you know, but if, okay, Sorry, I know nothing do about like? sports. Can I do an, what's a sport you do, like baseball? Are you a sport guy? I mean, None. um, are there are rock climbers that, 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 uh, that... <laughs> that'd be about the closest you could get me. <laughs> so we start this journey. I have to get someone's work up to a certain level of output, right? This is going to be a tough journey. Um, so, uh, And by the way, the individual's like, I read this book. What'd you get out of it, Sally? I thought it was okay. All right. Um, This is going to become important later. So um, over time, as we're pushing on, hey, you need to get this better, you need to get this better, you need this better, someone's enjoyment of of work kind of went down the shithole, right? Uh, I'm not happy at work anymore. So I remember having a conversation like, okay – um, and you know, you talk with your HR people and you say, Hey, I've got this issue and I'm really worried about somebody and I really want to help them. Right. What do I do? Well, have a conversation with them. Okay. Well, how, 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 what's a good way to start it? I don't know. Don't, don't, you know, I can't just come out and say, are you happy at work? Oh, by the way, I did finally ask that question. Are you happy at work? You want to know what her answer was, Joe?
0: Was she not happy?
1: I knew she wasn't happy, but you know what her answer was when I asked her if she was happy at work? Just a perfunctory yes? No, it was worse than that. It was um, well. I'm not unhappy. Oh. Okay. Well, that's bullshit. I mean, it, that that's a bullshit answer. That that answer tells me that you're not happy. Don't. I want you to enjoy your work. We all deserve to be happy at work, right? So I'm trying to help you, right? So we're having this conversation, and blah blah blah. said, so come back to it. So let's talk about the things you like to do at work and blah, 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 blah. And she goes, will you get to the point I I have work to do? Excuse me? But yeah, exactly what I said. Will you get to the point I have work to do? So one of the things that I think that we as leaders need to, well, do you know who Stephen Covey is?
0: I don't know if I've ever heard of him.
1: Stephen Covey wrote a book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Did you ever heard of that book?
0: Okay. I think you told me about that the last time you were on.
1: Oh, it's an awesome book. Uh, Stephen Covey has passed away, but his, um, his, his thoughts around being effective as a human being are timeless. When he talks about time management, putting prioritizing. Um, the first thing he talks about is this idea of stimulus and response, right? So when someone stimulates you, Joe, like if I were to, you know, if I were to call you a big fat pig, that's a stimulus <laughs> your response might be to s- smack me in the face or kick me in the balls or whatever right and and unsuccessful people ineffective people do that because this they're they aren't putting a gap between stimulus right and your response be- and that gap that space between the stimulus you big fat piece of shit and how you respond allows for you to make better decisions and better responses. So in the moment, it's difficult sometimes for us to come up with a good response. I had no response in the moment that I would have been comfortable with. We get to the point I have work to do. Completely disrespectful. Would you ever say that to your boss?
0: No, it'd be one of those things to where. God damn, I, I would have to be in such a state of stress that I had reached don't give a fuck. Even right. though, like, truly, it's like, when you reach don't give a fuck, you're not in your rational mind. Because, Correct. like, I almost look at that, that's akin to like, you've hulked out. You're no longer Banner. You are now reacting entirely emotionally. And, Correct. like, kind of, going back on what you were just saying the way that I look at that and this is something that I'm not successful on all the time but the times I am successful on I pin it back to this ideal which is I can't control the world around me but I can control the way that I react to it correct and every anytime time, in and also remember what I was saying earlier like oh you're upset don't hit the send button anytime that I've reacted emotionally fast forward an hour into the future or however long it took to where I'm not in an emotional state anymore. I'm back to just being normal. I'll look back on the actions that I took when I was emotional. And if I did anything rash, I would highly regret it. And so I would like to think in this state, if you had an employee look at their boss and say, get to the point I'm busy when they come to a rational state later, that's something that you should probably regret
1: saying to your boss. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, Listen, I've been there. Oh, this yeah. Week, How could you not? I got an email this morning from the same individual from last week. Had a question for me. I ha- I had already, you know, set up a meeting to talk about something. And are, are we ready to deliver this early? stimuli You didn't pay attention to what I said. Um, I started typing something. And then I just stopped. And I put it away. And I, I thought about it. Because I... I had to think about it because if I, if I were to react the way I want to react right now, I'm going to say or do things that I'm going to maybe not like. Um, and that happens like daily, right? You'll get oh, – some people are just so selfish around the things that – you know, somebody gave feedback on something that I put together and it was just – listen, if you're going to give me feedback, make sure it's constructive. Like if I'm not giving you what you want, will you please be very clear on what it is that you want instead of being nebulous about what you want because now you're not helping. Now you're just complaining, right? So if you're giving me feedback, make sure that it's constructive and it's, been, it's something that I can point to and, and grow from, right? Because now i got to go back to you and say, all right, can you help me out? I don't understand exactly what you want. I'll own that. Please let me know what you want so I can make the very best product for you moving forward, right? But no, I didn't get that. I got a whole bunch of junk. Um, and it's hard not to take that personally, right? So, like, I, I put it down and I and again I started typing. I put it down and I just stared at a wall. I'm like, oh, I think about this. And then I got to think about what I'm going to say. I think about. Um, and one of my employees called me up. You okay, Scott? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. He goes, Well, you're really short with me on on uh, on Skype because he asked me a question. And I said, Okay, one word. The answers are not okay. So I just want to make sure you're okay. Oh no, I'm 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 pissed right now, but not at you.
2: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> and I got to I'm you just caught me in a moment where I'm just kind of processing about how I'm going to deal with something and it has nothing to do with you. You and I aren't good. Your your work is great. I'm sorry. It was only one word. That's all I had for you right there, because I'm really kind of focusing on how I'm going to deal with things. So moving forward with the story. Right. So that's an issue. So we talk about that. Um, and we finally get to, you know, it, one of the other things, too, I learned from from leadership is that you can't cheerlead some way somebody to better, better products. Uh, and people do that all the time. Like if you make a small incremental change and you're moving in the right direction, but you're not quite there yet. Yeah, good job. Now, you got to keep it up. You got to keep it up. And I'm a huge cheerleader. right? I'm going to give praise a lot. Praise my people. Right. Because my people are happy. They deliver better stuff. But if thank you for recognizing
0: huge... that.
1: Oh, my God. Well, it's it's. Oh, I we all need it. Right. <laughs> no, like a happy workforce is a productive workforce. Oh,
0: like if morale God. is high, it's easy to work hard.
1: Like well, I can I follow
0: up with that with a story later, but please continue.
1: We well, listen to you know, the best way to get me to do anything for you is tell me I'm a good, I'm good at something. Cause I will jump through hoops of fucking fire for you. If you do that, sir, shooty, you are the man. I love you. Okay. uh all right. 75 inch <laughs> 4k TV for Joe. Here we go. <laughs> right. So I finally got to the point where, um, uh, I can no longer right. I I, I put off this hard conversation. I can no longer allow it to continue like this. This is got a we've got a problem now because I can't meet the needs of the business with the output. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going back and I'm redoing shit. I actually she turned in something that was so awful. And I knew she had so much on her plate that me coaching her on how to get it better, this is a terrible thing, I'll totally admit it, would have been it – it was just easier for me to fix it than it was for me to hurt to coach her and have her turn it in again and then I coach her again and again. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. all the coaching in the world is going to make a difference here. This is a talent issue now. Oh, And oh, by the way, your your attitude about coaching and getting feedback and people trying to help you has been so poor that now nobody wants to help you. Right. So now that's a really big pickle. So now we get, oh, by the way, um, if you have to have a hard conversation, Joe, when should you have that hard conversation? Oh, there's an easy answer to this. Yeah,
0: Yeah. This is one that I don't, I can't tell you the answer to this because I could give you good reasons why I would rather get a tough conversation at the beginning of the day. And I can give you good reasons
1: why I'd rather get it at the end of the day. Well, I mean, I'm not talking about time of day. You have those conversations immediately. Oh, like, okay. Now I get what you're
0: you, saying. I, you I, I read off. it
1: too literally. No, that's fine. Because the longer I put off a hard conversation, the harder it gets. Oh, it's absolutely. Just, it's just, and it sucks, right? It's like uh, there's a phrase like, uh, ever heard eat the frog? I've never heard that. Okay. So the, fr- the phrase is the eat the frog. So imagine, Joe, you have a day in front of you, and sometime during your day, you have to eat a live frog. <laughs> it just has to be done. You're going to want to get that done as soon as possible so that soon you're not sitting possible.
0: and thinking about the, the fact that you're going to do this disgusting thing all day.
1: Fucking first thing you should do is eat that frog so you're done. You don't have to worry about it. The longer you put off hard conversations like eating the frog, man, that frog just sits there. So I have a hard conversation before the end of the year. I'm like, hey, you know what? Um, there's a talent gap. Um, senior leadership's not happy. I have to meet the needs of senior leadership. We're going to need to do something, but uh, you know, the quality of the output isn't where it needs to be. Well, what do you mean? I, I don't know how I could be more clear about this. Um, it's, you know, this and that, you know, your work's not where it needs to be. And I'm, I'm going to need to start, um, approving your work before you send it out. Well, that's, that's junk. I'm like, well, I'm terribly sorry, but this is what needs to happen. I, these are the expectations that the, Organization has of me, and we're not meeting them, which means that I'm going to have to pay extra attention to you and get this fixed. So then the beginning of the year comes, right? And I've been partnering with the right people to do this. And and oh, by the way, that was a moment, right? So if and when someone gives you hard feedback like that, um you have two choices, right? So the first choice is to Get all upset about it. This person is an asshole, and I don't want to listen to that person. Or you can go ahead and take ownership of that feedback, no matter what it is. Because you know what, nine times out of ten, you're probably not. I mean, giving uh, people don't like feedback. I think we're allergic to feedback. I don't. I don't want feedback because it's going to be bad. I, or I'm putting my ego up on the line when you tell me that I'm not doing something right. Right. And so because of that, we don't. We have a tendency to to. To, again, push off ownership. But if you take ownership in that moment and just say, good, bad, or indifferent, this is the feedback that I got. Hey, Scott, I don't like the feedback you gave me. What do I need to do to make this better? You read the fucking book, right? We all read this book. We all took um, and and all agreed that we were going to go ahead and, and live these principles. And I talk about them. Joe, I talk about it. All the fucking time. All the time. Right? So in this moment of hard feedback, you take the route of least resistance to your ego and you don't take ownership. I'm ready to pull out all my hair. Right? Yeah. Right? Oh, but it gets better. So the story is not over. So this is I'm, – again, I'm doing this as a service to other people and to tell the story. So um, now the end of the year reviews come and I got to do something that I don't want to do. I got to give – written hard we already had this conversation so i've kind of set this person up their review is not going to be great and again great client relations great project management skills everybody loves loves this person we're not meeting the expectations of the business in good conscience can i give them a decent review
0: Yeah. Not if they're fine. If they're not firing on all cylinders, but as an employee and a member of your team, they're expected to be able to hit on all those. It's tough. You got to be honest. A a person can't grow without honest criticisms.
1: Yeah, but it could lead to other things. So here's the thing. So it's like, you know, that was hard because initially I was like, you know, seventy-five percent of what Sally does is just really great stuff. She's got great relationships, and this and that next thing. It's this one thing that we can't get past. Well, Scott, you can't give a meets expectation review if they're not meeting expectations. And my boss was right; I couldn't do that. So I wrote up a nice—I mean, it—it it was long, right? You know, I, mean, I don't know if you get um, yearly reviews or whatever in your organization, but we do. Oh yeah, and. You know what? The good ones are really specific, aren't they? Yeah. Here are examples of the stuff you did well. Here are the examples of the stuff that you have issues with. So mine was full of, here's examples of all the good stuff you did. There's examples of all the things that we're having issues with. Um. So now it's time for the review, right? So I'm going to give this review. Am I looking forward to having this review? Somebody I've known for eight years, went to my wedding, we're very close. No, I'm not. I actually was hoping you'd answer that for me, but that's okay.
0: At any rate. <laughs> Sorry, I was just wrapped up in listening to your story. Oh, no. So I thought is, it was rhetorical.
1: It's going to blow your fucking mind. This is, this is, this is, okay, so it's time for the review. So we do the review. We're usually, because my, all my, all my employees are remote. We usually do all of our conversations over Zoom where I can see their faces and whatnot. For whatever reason, she showed up to the wrong room and I saw it. She said, you're in the wrong room. So. Uh, everything got discombobulated. My camera didn't work, and I, I called her on the phone to get to that room. It was the weirdest thing ever. By the way, I'm on pins and needles. I don't, I don't want to have this conversation. I, I'm not. Com- conflict is not something that I enjoy. Do you enjoy conflict, Joe? Not so much.
0: I'd rather things so go much. smoothly, but I know that that's an unrealistic expectation.
1: Right. I mean, but there are people who are conflict avoidance. And then in earlier in my, in my life, I think I was. Like, I would just run from conflict. That's not healthy either, but I certainly don't enjoy this. So this is not going to be a good time. So we have the conversation. When the conversation was over, I sent a text to my boss and my partners in HR, and I said, that conversation could not have gone any worse. Could not believe it. Oh, no. Like, oh, my gosh. Um What was said, uh, you're a bad leader. You don't know how to lead. Um, this is baloney. Um, you're a coward because I wasn't, uh, on a webcam. I'm a coward, right? Uh, all this stuff she just threw at me. Like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, holy crap. And, um, it it was the weirdest thing, Joe. I'm like, I can't believe this. Like, you know, and I'm trying to get, what else do you want to tell me? Okay, we'll go over this, right? And then, what else do you want? It was just awful and spiteful and hateful and painful. And uh, wow, I mean, I hung that up and I had a good hour-long conversation with the people who were supporting me and behind me and whatnot, and I'm just shaking my head. And um, yeah, and again, this is someone that understood the tenets of ownership. And in a crucial moment of ownership reacted emotionally there's a word for people like that joe do you know what that word is no narcissists
0: oh (laughs) now that you throw that out there that's crystal clear that's absolutely true because if you try and tell a narcissist that they did something wrong wow they totally go i'm rubber you're glue
1: look at our president
0: (laughs) i try not to
1: i know that you don't like him and i'm not a big fan either But even if I was, I can't deny that he is textbook narcissist. Textbook. It's never his fault. He never takes ownership for a fucking thing. Everybody else made it wrong. You don't solve problems that way. You don't move the nation forward that way. You don't move business forward that way when someone gives you feedback, if you throw your ego out there and throw it all back at them and do nothing with the feedback, there's no growth there. And we call that narcissism because you know what? My ego is more important than whatever real is. And that's a bad thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Rebecca and I have talked over and over and over about the journey that, that happened after that conversation. Oh, by the way, uh, I don't know, Joe, if, if you were to tell your boss that she or he is a coward, would you expect to still have a job the next day? No, no, That
0: that's yeah. at the point where you're throwing it all like you're in full fuck it mode and, and you're being completely honest like you just
1: won the lottery. Four or five pages of documentation of that conversation and that individual kept their job. They're no longer with us. Kept their job for a few months. Made my life a living hell. Oh, right? no. Oh, 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 yeah. A living, living hell. But um, the, and the only thing wrong with that from a leadership perspective is that there's a thing called leadership capital, right? You know what that is?
0: Mm, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever heard that specific phrase.
1: Leadership capital pertains... Man, I can't believe this is not a fun podcast. We're going to have to start talking about... I don't care. I think it's fucking fascinating. (laughs) We're going to have to (laughs) talk about poop or something real quick so people don't turn this (laughs) off. Leadership... As a leader, there's only so much leadership capital that I have. So where I invest my time needs to be important. For me, my most important time that I have is with my people. I get up and I think about what I'm going to do and I spend the majority of the beginning of my day... Talking with my people and making sure that they're taken care of, making sure they got what they need, making sure that they, if they need to gripe. They got an ear for me to gripe with. If we have to solve a problem that we solve problems together, that's where I spend my leadership capital. The rest of my leadership capital is on, uh, you know, moving the business forward and talking to people about the ear training because it's cool as shit. Right. So, I mean, amongst other things. When you have an ER, an employee relations issue, it takes up like 90% of your leadership capital, which is a really painful place to be because it's like, oh my God, just make this go away because I got – now I have real work to do. Um, the saddest part of all of this really is just the lack of recog- recognition of what's going on. Again, from a narcissist perspective, that that's what happened to you. And sadly, I th- again – if you go back to that dichotomy of leadership, you can be close to your people, but not so close that it gets in the way of the business. So now, now we have to do something about this because it's getting in the way of the business, right? Um, and it's sad because you learn things about people. Like I, I would have never guessed that I would ever get that, right? Like if all of a sudden I became a raging asshat to you, I hope – Gee, shooty, what's wrong with you? You got a skunk up your ass or something? What what happened? Did you get bit by something and now you're turned into a zombie? What the fuck, right? I mean, that was oh, totally. the kind of stuff. <laughs> so, you know, 2019 has been uh, – uh, knock on wood. I, I want to knock on wood. I, I hope I'm, – I'm feeling like it's kind of getting better, but this year has been just like awful. So I know I've got this frog I got to eat, right? Um, And then my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And, um, my mom passed away, um, late mid to late February, right? Mid to late February. My mom passed away. Have you ever lost a parent, Joe?
0: No, I'm, I've still got both my parents with me. So I, I can only imagine so how difficult that of a, it's gotta be such a difficult thing to go through. And my condolences to you, man.
1: Well, Hey, I appreciate that. Everybody was there for me and that's great. You know it. They tell you. Somebody told me that you will. No matter, like we knew it's coming. Like my mom, stage four. She's seventy four years old. Uh, lung cancer, which is the number two killer in the world. Right? I mean, it's just holy crap. Um, she's, she's gonna she's gonna die. Right? And we didn't put her on chemo. Would have killed her. So. Visiting mom, all that good stuff, right? So I know it's coming, and, but they say no matter how prepared you are, you're just not prepared, right? So here's, here's what's really fucked up about about this. Um, two things. One is I was in the middle of a new um, client launch, and a couple weeks before that I, I got a call from somebody. who, Do you have enough resources for this? And I'm like, no, I don't. Oh, by the way, normally I would have given it to Sally to run. But can I give it to Sally to run? Fuck no, I can't give it to her to (laughs) run. No, she would normally been the person that I would have given this project to to run. I got nobody to give it to. I mean, everybody else is busy with other things, right? So eventually, we got some resources to help out a little bit. But but I'm just swamped in in a product launch that would normally normally would take 120 days. We did it in eight eight weeks, six six to eight weeks. It was unbelievably quick, ridiculously fast and um when things like that happen it creates a lot of stress so i'm just totally stressed out so i get a i get a call from my 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 brother uh it was a thursday and he goes yeah um mom's refusing to eat uh and a couple of days before that she had thrown up on herself and she's on oxygen you know she'd thrown up on herself in the you know, healthcare and transition care and hospices was not that great. She actually sat there in her wheelchair, couldn't move with puke on her for about an hour. Oh. You know, ringing a bell for someone to clean her up. And I think that was the last straw for mom. I think mom was like, I don't want to live like this. So She stopped eating. And that is the first time, by the way, that people are getting ready. So uh, I go, well, well, keep me in touch, right? Um, Friday get this so friday uh my brother says hey um mom's unconscious she's not responding i guess she's still with us yeah how much time do we've got because i don't know she may last a day or two maybe i'm freaking out it's friday in the afternoon right um i'm four hours Four or five hours away because I gotta get on a plane and get out there. I text my wife and said, Mom's unconscious. I'm gonna go. Right? So Lynn kind of freaks out. She calls, what do you mean you're gonna go? I got I gotta go up, I gotta visit my mom. I got I gotta go say goodbye to mom. And um she goes, Without me? And I'm like, It's the tickets are outrageous. You're at work. I got to do what I got to do, because in that moment, you you stop thinking rationally like this. This is not a rational decision. I mean, it's the right decision, but it's not necessarily a rational one because it's there's a lot of things that can happen between now and then. And so um, she goes, I'm coming home. So she starts coming home. And then uh, I uh, got a call from my aunt who was with my mom and my brother. And she's like, are you really thinking about coming up? I go, yeah, I'm looking for a flight right now. She goes, I want, and her husband died of brain cancer, I don't know, five, six years ago. And she was like, here's what I want you to think about. Um, Why do you want to come up to see mom? And I said, because I got to be there to say goodbye. She goes, do you have to be there to say goodbye? And I was like, no, I guess not. She goes. I want you to consider this. Listen, if you if you want a place to place the stadium in, I'll put you up. Not a problem. You want to fly out here? Not a problem. But I'm going to be with your mother here in an hour, and you. I'll hold the phone up to her, to her ear, and you can say goodbye, and she'll hear you, and that'll be okay. Trust me, she'll hear you. It will be okay. So I at that moment had to make a decision as to. Was the rational choice. And I, I made the choice not to get on an airline. And instead, when my wife got home, I said goodbye to my mom. Uh, I said she was the kindest person I ever knew. I'm going to get all over clumped. Bald like a baby. Lynn held me. We hung up. 20 minutes later, we were going out to eat. And my brother called and said, Mom, just pass. Dude, if I had gotten on that plane... I wouldn't have been able to say goodbye to my mom.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Here's what's fucked up. That same day, as all this shit is going down, right? As all this stuff is going down, I got an email. Got an email from Sally. She copied HR. A 12-page rebuttal to my review with email links in it, and comments in it about how I was a liar and a horrible boss on the day that my mom was passing away. Oh man! Right, dude, I haven't even read it. I put I it would away. Never read it. I I I put it away. Yeah, you're right. I should probably just delete it. I uh, I called my boss after because he got it. And uh, so I called him, like, we need to talk about this. And he told me not to read it. He goes, I'm not going to read it. I said, OK. And HR is like, don't beat yourself up. And I'm like, well, you know, me, I'm going to take ownership in this. She goes, don't worry about it. You're OK. And so the HR rep hung up and I said, Chris, I got to let you know something. He goes, what? So my mom is dying. And his eyes got as big as like, you know, that cigar that you were smoking, you talked about. And he was just shaking and said, like, Man, I'm so sorry. But it's that compounding message of things. Now, here's, here's what's even more fucked up about that, right? Is that Sally found out that the same day she sent that email that my mother passed away. If you had done something like that, Joe, and you had sent a diatribe of 12 pages about how you were unjustly, How your view was unjust and it needs to be changed and all that stuff. And the person that you send it to mom died that same day. How would you feel?
0: I would feel absolutely horrible to the point where I would probably lose sleep that night.
1: No remorse. No, I'm sorry. Nothing. Narcissism. It's a bad, bad thing. I guess I, I tell that story because I, I feel like I, there's so many, I could write a book on everything I learned about, uh, about these kinds of things. And we've kind of talked a little bit about, um, the, uh, the implications of, you know, not taking ownership and all that kind of stuff. But it's just, just another, I don't want to put it, I think there's learnings in it. I just hope that my story sometimes can reach out. There's more in my mom's story. I want to talk about that in a minute, but I just hope that people can, that can understand that, right? Um, Oh, absolutely. And, oh my God. I mean, well, go and
0: especially what's so crazy is that, I mean, you had handed out Jocko's book to all the people on your staff and you're like, Hey, let's, let's read this and let's live by it. And and not to put the guy on a pedestal, but he has some really, really good ideas. And if you sit back and especially if you're an ego driven person, if you can fucking find the possibility to disengage yourself from your ego, that little part in your brain that says, that assures you that you're right all the time when it's, that's a fucking impossibility the, one of the best things you can do as a human being is disengage and look at yourself from a different perspective and try and ascertain what your truth is because it's yep. so easy to fucking bullshit yourself. But, um, l- l- let's see if this Jocko thing will play. I've never tried to do this on a podcast, but let's see if his good thing will play.
3: One of my direct subordinates, one of my guys that worked for me, he would, he would call me up or, me aside with some major problem some issue that was going on and he'd say boss we got this and that and the other thing and i'd look at him and i'd say good and finally one day he was telling me about some issue that he was having some problem and he said i already know what you're gonna say i said well what am i gonna say he said you're gonna say good he said that's what you always say when something is wrong and going bad you always just look at me and say good And I said, well, yeah. When things are going bad, there's gonna be some good that's gonna come from it. Didn't get the new high-speed gear we wanted? Good. Didn't get promoted. Good. More time to get better. Oh, mission got canceled? Good, we can focus on another one. Didn't get funded. Didn't get the job you wanted. Got injured. Sprained my ankle. Got tapped out, good. Got beat, good, learned. Unexpected problems, good. We have the opportunity to figure out a solution. That's it. When things are going bad, don't get all bummed out, don't get startled, don't get frustrated. If you can say the word, good. Guess what? It means you're still alive. It means you're still breathing. And if you're still breathing, well now, you still got some fight left in you. So get up, dust off, reload, recalibrate, re-engage, and go out on the attack.
0: Like what, like what Scott was saying earlier, like go check out this book.
1: What's it called again, Scott? Extreme Ownership. And this guy's fucking fantastic. He's fantastic. I mean, honest to God changed my life, totally changed my life. But you know, the reality, uh, it's just, (sighs) there's another thing that I want to think that I wanted to talk a little bit about in in a, in a sense of making sure that everybody kind of learns from my journey, Right. Oh, man, I, I was watching a TED Talk today. and It was all about taking care of yourself. And what, what the individual was talking about was taking care of our emotional needs. As men, we don't do this. No. We in, in
0: fact, we're fostered from a young age to, like, not do that shit because that's what girls do. And it's not a manly uh-huh. thing to do. Uh-huh. And you right. know what happens when you never fucking check your emotions? They get put into a fucking bottle and then eventually they explode and you shoot up a fucking mall.
1: Yep. Well, here's the thing though. That's horrible. I think that we all, we all go through shit and if you're not taking your, care of your emotions or your emotional health um, it's really, really, really bad. Oh, by the way, back to one last thing I want to say about uh, about Sally and the journey. Who's by the way, no longer with us. Yeah. You know, did what we needed to do. She's no longer with us. I hope she's happy somewhere else. I really honestly do hope that because she was miserable working for me. God, I thought you meant uh, like a corporal sense and I was like,
0: oh, that's – that's
1: – okay. Oh, no. I, I mean, trust – well, yeah. if I were David Isaac, I just would have blown her away with, a, with <laughs> a law rocket, right? I mean that, that would have been – Fuck. So, but here's the thing. So I have a new boss now with even higher expectations. and We were talking about the work, right? And in a moment, he was like, well, maybe some of the clients don't get our best stuff and these clients get our best stuff. And I just looked at him and I said, man, that's a cop-out. We can't do that. We got we to give all of our clients the best stuff. And he nodded his head. And the next, that night, I couldn't sleep, Joe. Because you know what? That was inappropriate at a high level that is not listen put, you're you're a brand new boss you don't know me for, for shit and I'm pushing back on you and and that's just not so I called him the next day you got five minutes he was like yeah hey listen I just want to let you know I used some language yesterday that I'm not proud of um I'm trying to set an example for you and try to let you know that these are the expectations that I'm going to have for my team. And and these are the expectations that we're going to have with the work, but I want to build a relationship with trust with you. And I want to build a relationship where you can count on me. And I, you know, using language like cop out is disrespectful to you as a leader and disrespectful to you in your position. And I just don't think that, um, that was appropriate and I apologize. And I'm going to, I'm going to tone down the casual nature of our talk until, um, you, until you can know what it is for what it is, and I'll probably never use that language again. Oh, you didn't need to do that, Scott. That, I, I get it. Uh, and that's exactly what he told me. But deep down inside, what do you think he thought?
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure. You were taking ownership of your language in that in that exchange, and you expect better yourself. So, Correct. Yeah, should have given him the warm
1: fuzzies, right? Dude's... <laughs> you know, I yeah, I, I can't imagine as a leader how I how I wouldn't have appreciated a conversation like that. Oh, by the way, we've had you know when the when the poop hit the fan with the, the things last week. I called him on a Friday. and I just said, "Hey, listen, I I need you. What's up? What's up? What's wrong? Listen, this was, this is what happened yesterday. I don't want you to hear it from me before you hear it from somebody else. There's a chance you might hear it from somebody else, and I'm not going to live that way. I'm not. A, I'm a I'm a no surprises guy. Um, And by the way, you should do that. Pro tip, everybody. Uh, If you think that you can just pretend that something bad didn't happen uh, and that your boss will maybe never hear about it, um, you are lying to yourself because your boss will always hear about it sometime. And then you're going to look like an asshole. Um, but anyway, emotional health, really important that you take care of yourself. I know when my mom passed away, we had all that stuff with a new client and then we talked about it in the yard. Uh, and over the weekend I'm sitting there thinking and I told everybody that I could, right. And over the weekend, there's all this stuff that needed to get done. And so I'm like, I'm going to spend this weekend and I'm going to go ahead and do some things to get ahead on the business. Um, so that so that the people around me that are counting on me because I'm not going to be there that they're taken care of Joe. And, uh, I was doing it while I was writing a eulogy for my mom. Let's just say that was really dumb. Like you, you can't No kidding. That's not something you multitask. You can't write a eul Oh, Oh, I stopped and just cried for an hour's rate. And, uh, um, well, how could you not be wrapped up in your grief
0: while writing a eulogy and then to try and do anything else at the same time? It's like, Wow.
1: Oh, my God. And Lynn was really great. But I, I got to tell you, I took, uh, you know, I came into work on Monday. Oh, your mom died? Yeah. Why are you here at work? Well, I got to get some things set up, and then I'm going to disconnect. And one day at work turned into kind of two days at work. And so I took three days off, and I think I told the story. I don't know if you heard about it, but I actually had a couple clients call me right before my mom's funeral, With even with an out-of-office thing that, they were so dependent on an answer from somebody that uh, that they chose at that point in time to call me, and I'm an idiot. I I looked at the voicemail and just lost my shit. Dumb! You're not doing anybody any favors by not taking care of yourself. And I'm still not very good at that, Joe. I don't I don't I don't have any good advice on how to do stuff other than when. Here's here's what I have said. My dad's at a in a VA home. He's got dementia, Um, you know, he's kind of like Timmy. Hey, Dad, Timmy, right? So, I mean, that's what I get from my dad. I still love my dad. Dad's great. Uh, When he goes, and he will, actually, I'm still surprised he's around. I thought for sure he would kick the bucket right after mom died. Honest to God. But he he didn't. He's still around. When he does, uh, there's going to be one phone call. Ring, hey, Dad passed away. Um, here are my projects. You won't hear from me for a week and a half. What questions do you have? Goodbye.
0: Yeah. And that's the way you should handle it.
1: Yep. Because, you know, people and this, this is where you can take ownership too too far, like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and make sure everything's good from a business sense. Cause I, I'm, um, I don't know. Have you ever done Myers Briggs?
0: No, I've never even heard of that.
1: I Oh my gosh it's a it's a very widely known um, personality test like everybody kind of falls into different personality types. Uh, I am an e f um, n J which means um, emotional feel the- oh, extrovert excuse me extrovert feeler um, I can't remember what n is all about. Uh, I guess it has something to do with creativity and then J J's are this way. Um, the, the, it's either J, I can't remember the other letter but are, I am a all my work has to be done before I can go play like I can't have a good time if I know I have a ton of work I have to do are you yeah. like that Joe or are you, are you a, I can go play anytime I want
0: okay well here's the dichotomy in my personality I'm like that way I'm like that when I'm at work When when I have like Because basically, like my my job is it it is a function of the fact that our society is set up in such a way that I need to make money and I need to pay bills. Right? That's the Mm -hmm. reason I have a job. Right. And because that is the only reason I have a job, that means that I need to put in the best performance I can every single day and I need to be the best employee I can every day because that is how I'm going to get good reviews at year's end and that's how I'm gonna get the best raise or bonuses or whatever possible. Right. Right. And I feel like there are lots of days where I put so much of myself into my job that when I get off work and then I'm only accountable to myself for personal projects to where it's like, Hmm, am I going to take more time out here? Am I, am I going to work on my new novel? Am I going to throw myself into scheduling the next podcast and, and making sure that that shit happens? Am I going to spend time with my family? It's like finding that balance between projects, family, and work has always been so hard for me. But when I'm at work, it's like, that's what I'm dedicated to. I'm there for eight hours. I'm going to do the best job I can. And I almost feel like that burns myself out. And so in a very weird way, it's like when I'm on the clock, like I am like a, a pers- perfectionist to the point of OCD. I do every task to the best of my ability and I kick ass at it too. I mean, the job that I have, I do really well at. Right. And But man... I could do so much better on personal projects, <laughs> and and shit like that. And so it's it's a weird split I feel like in my personality that I could improve on.
1: Yeah, but you know, for me, it's like ah, sometimes it'll just bug me. Like I know I got to get this done. It's like my seventy five inch four K TV is broken. I got to get it fucking fixed <laughs> before I. You know what I'm saying? No, I totally know what you mean. Totally, that's just the way I am. But you know, when it comes to your mental health, you just got to – because you're actually doing a disservice by not taking care of myself. I didn't give the people around me the chance to rise up and take care of shit in an emergency situation because I had every right to disconnect from work and take care of myself, and I chose not to. Don't be like me. Take care of yourself. Give the people around you the opportunity to do great stuff. And see if it happens because I'll tell you when I came back, most of the stuff I set up to get done didn't get done anyway, which yeah. is frustrating, right? So I'm frustrated now. But you know, opportunities make make the most of what you got. Take care of yourself. <laughs> um, get Jocko's book. Uh, man, dude, you I'm know, so OCD that-
0: like that with work. The, the last time I took a week long vacation. I made, a, I put together a three ring binder, and the very first page of it had a week breakdown of what I do. This is my tasks for Monday. This is my yeah. tasks for Tuesday. And then, as you flip past that, there were detailed, literal, step by step instructions for every single one of those tasks, plus other things that may come up. And this was all collated together in a three ring binder. And it, I even put an insert in the spine that said Joe's weekly instructions. And then on the back in an homage to the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy, I put don't panic. Right. (laughs) So yeah, dude, I, I don't know when I describe myself as OCD at my job, I'm not fucking exaggerating. That's, that's how I roll. (laughs) I can't help it.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. I actually have two notebooks. I have a note, Book where I take notes on the things that I need to do and I actually make little, I don't know if you like this, I make little boxes from a checklist perspective and I actually put a little shadow under them. It's just a thing that I do so I can check it off when it's done. But then I found out that I was always going back to to-do lists that were like eight pages behind the notes I was taking on and then redoing a to-do list within the same notebook. Well, redoing a to-do list is a good exercise because I have to think about all the things I may have missed and redo it again. But it's just too cumbersome. So now I actually have a to do list that's in a separate journal. Isn't that dumb? Well, I just say it's not dumb, but just how I deal with it. Well, now, I mean, hey, I whatever works for you. Every fucking day. Every fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, hey, I heard some news today, and, and, you know, maybe we can go ahead and shift gears and not be so fucking serious about this kind of shit, <laughs>
2: yeah sure uh, man.
1: but leadership's important, and there's not enough here's what I do know there's not enough good leadership out there and there's not enough people leading leaders either, right so that ultimately that's where I want to go. I want to lead leaders i want I want to make better leaders, but so I saw an article today um we 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 griped about you know people with their petitions on, uh, you know, to rewrite Game of Thrones and to recast Batman. Did you see the latest petition?
0: Oh, I didn't see the latest one, but people are getting out of hand with their fucking petitions. Like anybody gives a fuck that you collected a half million signatures.
1: There's a petition to bring Iron Man back
0: <laughs> the dead. Okay, now this one I have seen, and yeah, I rolled my eyes so hard at that I almost fucking hurt my neck.
1: Right? Un... Um, Unbelievable. What the fuck are you thinking of? It doesn't, it makes no sense. (laughs) You need to keep paying RDJ, absorbing
0: amounts of money, and keep him locked in this role that obviously he's okay with moving on from. Because of me.
1: Me! (laughs) Well, it's not like we're not going to ever get Iron Man back. Do you read the fucking comics? Are you serious? I mean, unbelievably stupid. Come on, Uh, he's coming back. We're you know, I, at some point in time, uh, you will you will uh, you will see Iron Man again. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And,
0: and whether it's RDJ or whether they're going to move on and do Riri Williams like they got in the comics now. I mean, and even her suit had had uh, Tony Stark is like the A.I. inside of it. So, I mean, right. I don't know. I, I trust in what K- Kevin Feige is going to give us. And, and I don't need to be throwing my fucking two cents into the mix like it like it even matters you know it's like oh the mcu's been missing out without touching base with me on what the plan is it's like i i think when <laughs> i don't know i mean i i feel like that fits right into people's ego it's it's maybe ego mixed with a good amount of expectation when people want to try and do a fucking petition saying bring back iron man just stupid Totally stupid, but I mean, stupid, hey, there's stupid. there's human nature. I think stupidity is pretty high up on the list of of traits that are inherent with human nature.
1: So, uh, your
0: thoughts on Endgame, dude? I loved Endgame. It made me so happy. I went and saw it twice in the theater, and um I mean, the first viewing, dude. I thought the first viewing had emotional moments, but the second viewing. I lost County the amount of times that I had tears just freely rolling down my just face
1: rolling down your face. Right. Did you get, did uh, your first viewing, was it off the chains? Was it like, Holy shit. Like, I can't believe how awesome this was. It was the best movie going experience yeah. of my life oh
0: my god oh, i my couldn't believe life. how stiff the people around me were like i fucking oh, really? threw my fist up in the hand and cheered yeah when fucking when it was like Well, number one when it just showed me getting picked up off the ground as a close-up shot i was like oh cap's picking that motherfucker up <laughs> and then when that bore out to be true like yeah dude i fucking fist bump and yelled yeah and i was like why are you fucking non-verbal fucks around me how are you not excited about this right
1: yeah no um my theater was—it was opening night, and they were just going crazy. Yeah, same here, dude. Opening night, just fucking crazy. And uh, yeah, I—you know—Dave and I were talking, and you know, I, listen, I like Star Wars too. I've, I've loved Star Wars, but I got to tell you something. There's no way. I—I I don't know how. Episode. Everybody's gonna hate me. Send me hate mail. I don't care. How does how. <laughs> Episode nine is no fucking way going to be anywhere near the experience that I had in Endgame. It, yeah, I'd agree with that. It just can't. And I know the Star Wars fans out there like David would get all upset and he's like, oh, no, I love Star Wars. It could be really, really great. I, I hope that you get it. I, I really do. But I just in my lifetime, I I. I mean, like I saw Undiscovered Country with a whole bunch of Star Trek nerds, and up till Endgame, that was my best time in a movie theater ever. And those people were hyped and went crazy, um, and we were all invested in all that. But not like this. This was just really, really fucking cool. Um, yeah, so I'm glad you liked it. Uh, man, um, I don't know if I want to give this away. I have news about my show. About Tales from the Yard? Yeah. Hey, if you want to share it, share it. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of like... <laughs> well, now I'm intrigued, and I really want you to share it. <laughs> should we share? It? I mean, the exclusive on your show. Well, no one listens to the show either, so well, I mean, probably I get, not. Especially because it's not. been for I, my 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 release schedule
0: has been quite shit lately, which I can only blame Although on myself. I'm sure that
1: people will listen. Um, did you listen to the last show of Tales from Your? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh King what Timmy, I hinted right? at what I hinted at came true in the beginning of that show. We got a fucking sponsor, dude. Are you serious? Yeah.
0: With this poop knife?
1: I got a case of fucking poop knives, <laughs> <nuts>, man. <laughs>
0: You yeah, have so no I'm idea freaking...
1: what you're doing for my dopamine levels right now, Scott. <laughs> I tell David, I'm like, they'll never write me back. It's been a year they wrote me back. We heard you. Give us an address. We'll send you some. <laughs> I legit have tears I'm in like, my eyes right now. Dude. dude, we got a real sponsor, the
0: Poop Knife. Okay, okay, real quick here, because I, I don't know if StarCast fans are savvy to this, but please explain what a Poop Knife is. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> okay, here's your going silly, what you, what you wished for earlier. Now you're delivering, so please. This, this,
1: well, yeah, we're going to end the show on a good note, right? So <laughs> uh, there, the poop knife is um, a, a viral story of a man who uh, thought that everybody knew what a poop knife was and found out that he was an idiot. But basically a poop knife is a knife that you leave – near your toilet so when you drop a big load in your toilet and you can't flush the toilet that you get out the knife and and cut up the poop (laughs) with a knife and this guy had had he was married and he actually had a big knife in the like a big fucking kitchen knife in the garage that unbeknownst to his wife was the poop knife. <laughs> and so whenever he had a big-ass poop, he would go in the garage, <laughs> grab this knife, and cut up his poop, and then hang it back, <laughs> hung on the wall. So, he would hang I like it that he'd have to let that log stew Well, he took a short trip hole. to the garage. <laughs> and so this mortified his wife, who had used this knife for other things. Thank God not for food. Rightly right? so. Right? I would never use a knife in the garage for food. But Oh no, you'd have to be yeah, such a savage. Right? So, at any rate, we did a story about this uh a couple years ago and it was a big funny thing and it kind of took off. Um I thought it was hilarious. Most people thought it was hilarious. David was not happy about it. But half the Oh, time, David gave, Isaac was so appalled at the, the idea so of a poop sad. knife.
0: He was not having it. <laughs>
1: Like, fuck, this is the stupidest thing ever. And every time I bring it up, David gets upset. So uh, we have this big, and the show is called Bring Me Your Poop Knife. <laughs> and I was going to give David a shirt that says, Bring Me the Poop Knife. I actually have a shirt on sale for the Leftover Army that's got Old Man Shooty on the front. It's a logo. And on the back, it says, Bring Me Your Poop Knife. I'm going to make um shirts now for Tales of the Yard and – um And uh, we'll have that'll be one of the sayings. Bring me your poop knife. Uh, and we've got Bring Me you Your Poop Knife shirts also in the leftover army. No one's bought one, uh, <laughs> but we have them. I can't and believe I think they're not hot sellers. David, I'm going to get you a poop knife. You better not, you asshole. <laughs> oh, I'll burn it. You know, If I get a shirt that says Bring Me Your Poop Knife, I'll burn it. <laughs> so it's always a good way to get David, my co-host, to get pissed off is to talk about poop knives. Well, we have this episode. There's a company that actually makes— poop knives now the original poop knife company and um they wrote us and said hey if you pimp our poop knives we'll we'll send you some and this (laughs) deal like like, i'm like (laughs) i don't read messages on soundcloud i'm like i read it i'm like is this fucking real so i told david i'm like david they you know this is about you know a year ago i they wrote us and i I don't think they're listening anymore. I don't think this is real. He goes, "Did you you think you could get a sponsor? I'm like, well, I don't know if they answer us back. Maybe they'll never answer us. Oh man, I want a poop knife now. Now David wants a fucking poop knife, right? (laughs) Now it's a story piece, (laughs) right? I shit you not record that episode. The very next day I get an email from them. Loved your episode. What's your address? I'll send you some poop knife. I'm like, no, I love that they've no, been listening. I have to, here's what I'm going to do. I want more. So, um, and and I, I listen. If if these people are seriously going to, they sent me a couple, not a whole lot, but but a couple. And they're really nice. They're blue, uh, <laughs> and they could realistic. It's not like a plastic knife. It's a plastic knife, but it's not like you know your what you you would see at a picnic or something, <laughs> which would be ineffective at cutting poop. This fucker is is made a real solid plastic. It's poop, right? It's blue. I'm sorry. It's not brown. You would think it'd be brown because it'd be easier to clean, but it's (laughs) it's blue and, um, it's solid and it's going to do a great job. So, um, I've got to make a drop. I'm going to actually make a drop in an advertisement for the poop knife for the original poop knife company. You can order their poop knives on Amazon Joe and you should because anybody that's going to follow our stupid fucking show, And send us poop knives for pimping out their stuff. Deserves people buying their shit and cutting up their poop so they have, you know, they don't have those problems anymore. And, yeah, I'm going to send David one for sure. And uh, I'm just stoked that we have a fucking sponsor. It's a joke of a fucking sponsor, and we'll probably never, ever get another case of poop knives. But we have a fucking sponsor, dude. You gonna go buy a poop I may, I might be able to get more. If we if we pimp them out and it actually increases sales, we <laughs> might get more. And I'm all for it. I'm all for making the poop knife drop. And I'm all for giving these dudes more money. And I'm just upset that I didn't think about it earlier. Cause we could have done that and made money, you know, vending out poop knives. <laughs> which is stupid as fuck. But people are making money selling plastic poop knives, Joe. I I know, and it seems inconceivable to
0: me that there's so many people out there that their fiber to water intake ratio is so off that they can't flush their logs without <laughs> chopping them into little bits first.
1: Well, it is, a, it, <laughs> it, it, it is a it is but it's a great gag gift. Oh, you know without a doubt, right? It's totally a great gag gift. And then you have a story like, what the fuck is this? Well, it's a poop knife. Hasn't everybody else heard of a poop knife? <laughs> I should get one for Brian. I got to send Brian a poop knife. <laughs> and Jake a poop knife. And I get, should get you a poop knife too, Joe. Look at, it, look at how much joy I brought into your life just by talking about poop. Proudly, which is also another thing that pisses David off is talking about poop. I do have one thing that's serious about poop. So, um, are you how's your weight loss journey going? We could wrap up the show talking about this and and, then kind of tying it into something funny.
0: Oh, it's not going good, it's not. No, well, you know, strawberries don't help. Hey, I've switched to for the most part rum and diet coke per your suggestion, and And they're really goddamn good, they're really good. And I wanted to be drinking those for tonight's show, but all they had at the store apparently were the big giant pirate jugs of fucking rum. And so my wife just got me two strawberries instead. So I'm actually kicking it old school tonight, which has been fun, but it's been a lot of calories.
1: What's your rum of choice? Captain Morgan.
0: Just regular spice rum.
1: It's pretty easy. Everybody's got it. Um, It's decent. You got to get the uh, Papa's Pillar. I've never even heard of that one, Papa's oh, Pillar. Papa's Pillar, dude. Okay, so it's going to cost you some money, but you need to do this for yourself. <laughs> Have I mentioned it's, that I'm really like, cheap? It, you still need to do it. For <laughs> Maybe I'll send that in a poop knife to you. So, um, Papa's Pillar is, um, man. I mean, I, can't, I think it's like 250 liter. Bottle. They've got a white and they've got a dark. You want the dark? Thirty nine bucks. Okay.
0: Well Like a seven fifty milliliter, like
1: direct. a regular fifth or something. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's about the size of a small pumpkin. You know what I mean? As far as the bottle is concerned, right? <laughs> about
0: the size of a small pumpkin. I love that you I threw me know, out a Halloween reference.
1: Well, perhaps. Oh, we could talk about that too. It's getting late. You're gonna get in trouble. So, uh, <laughs> do you do you remember um, Austin? And I got wicked drunk um and did an episode not if you ever heard that episode
0: um I dude i sent you fucking email on that i said please more of this i'm like i understand this may be rough on your bodies but this was some of the funniest shit i've ever heard in my life yeah go was, back and look up tales from the yard on the leftover army podcast and find the one where scott and his son are shit face drunk because it's a it's beautiful called, thing
1: seemed like a good idea it was <laughs> called seemed like a good idea and we started off the night with um and he was over here recording live, and we started off with Mama Juana from uh the Dominican Republic, baby making juice, because you get so drunk you have sex and make babies with it. And then we switched over to uh Papa's Pillar and then we drink. By the way, you can you can drink straight up Papa's Pillar. You can actually take it like a shot. Like I would not take a cap would you ever take a Captain Morgan like a shot?
0: Yeah, I've done it before. It's not, not awesome. a
1: good, it an experience, right? This is a pleasant experience. Like it's super fucking smooth. It's super fucking potent. It's delicious. It's expensive, but that's okay. Uh Papa's Pillar. It's it's awesome. That's that's the rum that you should you should try. We have a local rum Wicked Dolphin, which is good. Um Oh, and there's some other one. I think it's 1908. I tried that the other day. And that was really fucking good. Every once in a while, I'll go and because you can get Morgan really fucking cheap.
0: Yeah, it's right? not bad. I I got so fucking drunk at C2E2. I just went for the Saturday like I did the year before. Yeah. And uh, I, well, it was a that was a growing experience for me too. I opened my first bar tab that I ever had. So at 38 oh, wow. years old, I did my first bar tab. How about that? Puppy
1: dog. Okay.
0: <laughs> but dude, you know, I bet I had ten rum and Cokes.
1: Oh and my God. What was it? it, it a two hundred dollar bill? What were you, what was your drop?
0: Oh, it was pretty what expensive. Was it? it ended up being a little over a hundred bucks.
1: Oh, of course.
0: And uh yeah.
1: at and, least you didn't buy everybody a shot. Like who did that? that...
0: <laughs> I think that was Faye. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> and then she posted a picture bucks. of
0: her bar tab, It wasn't it close to three hundred dollars? Oh my
1: god. That's a mistake. <laughs> um, yeah, you could have bought a couple bottles of Papa's Pillar and everybody would have been fine. Oh,
0: my God. But I ended up taking about a two-month break off of drinking. Like I, I would pour myself a Captain and Coke and drink maybe half of it and then dump it out and just be like, I'm, I'm not interested.
1: Nope. So you know what I want to do? Well, Again, we're just going go all over the place. two, you two, you know what I want to do? I'm going to go this year for sure. Oh,
2: Last I'll be there.
1: Year, mom, mom died and then two weeks later, Grandma died. And, of course, the whole Sally thing, I was a mess. Like, you know, like I've talked to Jake about it. I go, I kind of think I might want to go, but I don't know. And that was right before my mom died. When my mom died, like two days after I talked. Not my mom. My my grandma died two days later. And that was just like kick you right in the teeth. Like, I, oh, no I'm i still processing what the fuck happened to my mom and not my grandma. I'm done. Like, I can't. I can't. I'm going to be no fun. I'm going to be no fun to anybody. Jake gave me the best advice ever. He goes, you know. Get your shit together first and then go. Don't worry about it. We'll be okay. You don't have to go there for us. Go there for you. But if you're not ready to go, don't go. You should stay home. He told me he told me to stay home. Just stay home. Jake gets it. Same thing happened to fucking Jake. So I get it. He and I are blood brothers now because we went through the same horrible nightmare uh, together. So at any rate, uh, I want to see about – I mean we could still do the same thing we do every year but change it up. But – I'm wondering if we can get depending upon how many people are going to be there, but I wonder if we can get a a room at the uh, at the Hyatt and then just party there. Oh, that would be the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like a little ballroom, like a you know what I'm saying? And and it they it's ex, it's kind of expensive, but if I had enough people, that would be the way to go. Versus going out to the other bar, which is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but. At least this way, I think more people would be safe. You wouldn't be doing the Uber thing. we do our own thing. And if we could do that two nights in a row, because we could do... Like, karaoke at that bar is great, and I love that bar. Bar is fantastic, but they separate the music from where everybody hangs out, and then that's no fun. But we could always get a KJ in a room by ourselves and have our own karaoke party. That would be off the fucking chain. That would be great. So that's... If I... If I have the opportunity to create things, we'll do it. Oh, by the way, no more spreadsheets. You know what we're gonna do? <laughs> I'm all ears. Um, Survey Monkey. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're gonna go, here's the link to the Survey Monkey, fill out Survey Monkey. I'll get it to see when are you coming in? Where are you staying? What days are you coming? Boom, boom, boom. You don't have to fill out any spreadsheet, just answer the fucking question. <laughs> And i'll be I'll there for the saturday out spreadsheet man. out of it huh i'll be there for the saturday for sure i know you will yeah no i'll probably come out david said he'd come out and vitality said he'd come out if, if oh those my god if
0: those two come out it's going to be so much
1: fun oh i mean not that it's not fun are. anyway oh yeah it's, oh my god
0: was definitely yeah. a much smaller leftover army turnout this last year than than the year before because you know i've only got the two to compare but um Oh, it was so much fun, but yeah, do we talked about how we were missing you? No, yeah. that's fine. I mean, that's that's great. But, I mean, and it's totally Rebecca understandable. Me and she was drunk, huh? I said it's totally yeah. understandable that you weren't there, and you made the right choice.
1: But, oh yeah! For oh, sure. I can't wait to have a drink with you next year. And oh, for sure. Well, the year before that, when before we got organized about it, and it was just like twelve of us total. That was the best because it was really intimate then. That was really special. That was a special. Man, yeah. Yeah, you weren't there. Nope was um, not there
0: for that one, but
1: but, but yeah. last
0: year's one was, was much more intimate like that, where it was like, yeah, it was a lot easier to have lots of conversation with people. and Yep. And and it, I it. was so drunk. God, I remember I was just laughing hysterically at Brian being a fucking goofball.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, C-Tweets <laughs> is a good time. You just totally new. All right, um I know we got to wrap up soon. So your your diet's not going good cuz you're drinking strawberries You should be drinking rum and <laughs> no, diet.
0: I'm drinking strawberries tonight. Otherwise, I've been doing pretty good. I'm and drinking- and I've been doing better at it. I'm not like stress eating fucking cheeseburgers and tenderloins and french fries and 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 Pepsi every day at work like I was doing there for a while. I was definitely when when I was learning the new job I had, I was eating my stress. And, oh, yeah. and then since I wasn't on my feet all day, like I had been, yeah, I, de- I definitely put on a bunch of weight and, and I'm in the process of rectifying that. And and I took the, um, the extra space that I had in my garage and I turned that into more of a complete gym. So I got the climbing wall out there. I've got a heavy punching bag, a recumbent exercise bike and uh free weights. I got a bunch of dumbbells and I'm so you actually getting a-, a weight machine also. So I'll, I'll be getting after it pretty you soon. You got
1: to a- you got a you got a get an incumbent bike like a just stationary bike. Yep. Does it have the uh, cleat connectors in there? I can't remember what they're called. Like, could you get the shoes and do it?
0: Uh, I don't it think it support? has that kind. No, I, I it it might have. You know, I don't even know if it has like the little loops that go over the top of your foot. Can you stand yeah. up and ride, or do you have to sit down? And no, ride? it's you definitely stand? a sit down and ride bike.
1: Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, no, I'm, not serious, big, I'm not able I, to do any spin class type I, stuff. On oh, it. spinning is the fucking
1: greatest thing ever. Oh no,
0: I've seen videos online and it looks super oh. fucking intense. I think oh. for me the thing that I'm really missing and this is the thing that worked for me before in the past is I need to just put on a heavy backpack and I need to go out into the fucking woods and hike up really really big hills and just totally exhaust myself that way.
1: Yeah, if that's what you want to do, whatever works for you is fine. So long as you sweat, you got to sweat every day, people. Oh yeah. Pro tip. Sweat Every day. If you're not sweating every day, you're not doing it right. Got to get a, in at least 20 minutes of sweat. That's <laughs> no, that,
0: that is the truth, man. You, it's you, so true. Try and elevate that heart rate for a good 30 minutes every day. I'm, and, and I'm not practicing what I'm preaching right now, but I know that's what I need to do.
1: You know? Well, you know, 80% of it really is your diet. So I went on a diet. I paid somebody to help me lose weight. I'm down 20, although quite frankly, I'm down way more inches than I, than I am in, in weight. Which is good, I guess, because um, you know you always want to adjust it on the scale. So my, you know, I'm about up 190 right now. The lowest I've ever been I was like 180, 178, 180. So I got another 10 pounds to go. So I'm gonna really push it. Hopefully we break that. I've been kind of hovering around 190 here for three weeks, which sucks, but it is what it is. My my clothes are falling off, which is that's that's, that's awesome. Worth that. So you know, Oni, you gotta try spin because holy shit that that is so good because you're not messing up your knees um and it's good for your joints and you'll just sweat like a pig and you really only need about i usually do in the morning if i'm gonna spin. i if i do i i use the peloton app and they, they tip their typical class is 45 minutes and most of your cycle bars are gonna be 45 minutes that's really all you need you don't need an hour you could do it in 45 i Usually cut that down to 35. I'll do 35 because I got to go to work, right? Yeah. Uh, but, man, I'll burn 800 calories in 35 minutes. Oh, man, that's without, not bad. <laughs> without even crying. And just, hey, I'm going to ring out my, bring out your clothes. Just, you know, whatever. And that's great. But my point in all this is, to, you know, what is it? Here's my question. What, Especially at the gym. At least at my gym, my gym. I'm finding out the more and more time I spend there, it's kind of a ghetto gym, and I I'm not, I'm thinking about changing my. Gym. <laughs> What's why can't people flush the toilet at the gym? Oh, dude, that's uh, just dude, a public
0: fucking toilet thing in general. People are very proud what? of what they've made, and they want other people to see
1: it. That's just gross. I, I don't that's understand. Way gross. I got to go to the bathroom. I I'm a regular guy. Uh, every morning, around the same time, I poo. It's a great thing. Lynn is mesmerized by it. Like, are you some kind of fucking mutant? What's up? I, I'll go days without poop. And I'm like, oh, no. It's uh, 645. Yep. It's time. Set
0: your clock on it. <laughs> it's time.
1: It's coming. It's time. Right? Although I'm on a low-carb diet, so they're smaller now. Um, but for the most part, we're good. But, you know, you walk into the bathroom, I got to go to bed. Aw, oh, Man. Come on! Oh no, it's flush terrible, dude. Wash this fucking thing. Just, just flush it. If you don't want to use your hand, use your foot. That's what I did. Flush it, right? And now I'm leery about using this toilet because <laughs> you know what the fuck? <laughs> flush your fucking toilet for God's sakes! Are we animals? <laughs> Joe, are we fucking animals? Hey, some people are. You? It's not my house. Without fucking do you, doubt, some people are. Do you are. not flush your toilet at your house? Do you just like walk around and let that shit just kind of float around? No, what? I flush my toilet like it's a hobby, okay? <laughs> like for no reason you'll flush your toilet, just to be sure <laughs> that there's nothing in there, right? I'm just going to flush my toilet to make sure it's, it's clean of all this extra bullshit. Oh, just, yeah. Blush your fucking toilets, people. I don't understand this. I don't understand it at all. It makes zero sense. I love this is how we're wrapping up the show. Yes. But the most important of PSAs. Well, I will say this, though. Low-carb diet, you know the best thing for a low-carb diet? What's that? Quest bars.
0: Oh, dude, Quest bars are so fucking good. Oh. Dude, when I got down you know to below 200 pounds, like a Quest bar a day made up two of my meals because I was eating six meals a day. And a Quest bar was two of those yes. meals.
1: Oh, yeah. And they're under 200 calories. Uh, chocolate chip cookie dough.
0: Dude, they're so good. I was that person oh. where I would eat half the Power Bar and then I'd wrap it up in the wrapper and put it in my pocket because in two hours I was going to finish that fucking thing. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know if I could wait that long. My problem is like you go to Sam's Club and you get the uh, the box you get fourteen for twenty bucks, right? Holy shit, is, that's
0: a fucking steal!
1: It's a fucking steal, right? Like fourteen for twenty bucks. You get the cook. You get the best ones too. You get uh, cookie dough, and um, um, the Oreo cookies and cream. Oh, I was
0: just gonna say, if you say cookies and cream, I'm gonna ask you to fucking marry me.
1: Um, <laughs> if you flush your toilet on a regular basis, I'll consider it. So hey, we're gonna um, get along, man. But here's the thing, though. <laughs>
0: we can move You've that alien into the
1: fucking living room. Here's the thing. I got a box of Quest Bars. I'm on a low-carb diet. I got 14 of them in the closet, right, or in my pantry. They're not lasting long. You know what I'm saying? Because it takes willpower not to have more than two a day.
0: Oh, right. right? That's fucking good. So good.
1: Like, I could just eat nothing but them all day. And if that's all I ate all day, like, I could do four Quest bars all day. What is that? That's 800 calories. And if I, and that's a negative, that's a, that's an even day. Like I'm, well, it's a negative day because now I'm at 3,000 calories total because you need like, what, 2,500 to three per day that you've just walking around, you're going to burn that much, right? Oh, yeah. And then if you burn 800 calories spinning, so now I'm at 800, I can eat 800 calories and not worry about it, right? But then if you eat too much of those, Joe,
0: yeah, they're not good. You, you definitely don't want be, it
1: to be all your meals. No. Well, then you're not flushing your toilet. Probably.
0: Cause <laughs> Cause, they do have plenty of fiber in
1: them. I <laughs> I have found that out.
0: Yeah, because I'd have those, and then I'd also have like an apple or banana or something like that with a lot of the natural fibers in it. And mm-hmm. then I'd have suppers where, like, if the only meat I ate that day was a fillet of fish. And then I would have a whole freaking giant wok full of mixed vegetables that then cooked down. And so I'd have a whole plate full of food that was maybe 300 calories max, maybe right. maybe upwards of 400. And, and it was all that good fiber and everything. Oh, fuck. And I, I, I lament that to my wife all the time. I'm like, I miss having those wok fulls of veggies. And then just like a, a filet of fish that I just pan seared with coconut oil and a little bit of salt and pepper. Mm. Eh, I, but there you go. So accountability. I need to be more accountable be to myself. I need to be, be more disciplined with my diet. And the sad thing is I know all of these things. But, yeah, I just need to be better.
1: got to take ownership.
0: I do. Right I got to take ownership take over it.
1: And, you know, you've got an accountability. People go to the private victories page and sign up and get, I haven't posted there in a while, but I mean, it's a good place to get information. I should probably post that.
0: Yes. Got to check that out on Facebook.
1: I'm going to run tomorrow. If you want to feel old, run.
0: (laughs) I know I've been kicking around the idea of going out for another run, but, oh man. But for tonight, dude, I, I have got to run. It has been so awesome talking with you, Scott.
1: Make sure you get the book, be good. And uh, flush those toilets, everybody. <laughs> and go visit the original poop knife company because they're the official sponsor of Tales from the Yard.
0: <laughs> Check it out. It is. It, it it it's it's more than just a novelty. It, it'll make you smile. <laughs> Fuck it yeet, baby, yeet, <laughs> yeet, yeet. Check out Tales from the Yard. Uh, look at it. Uh, look for it. Searching the leftover army podcasts. Uh, Tales for the Yard is one of the shows on there, and it is not to be missed. It's fantastic.
1: All right. Talk to you later, everybody. <laughs> later, Scott.
0: Uh, thank-, <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, this has been Startcast.